Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. Yesterday was our first day back from what was a very long vacation. If you missed that one, podcast it at WRQK.com. Also up there for you right now is Deborah Messing, who's on that show, Will and Grace, who her son wanted to protest the national anthem, so she like posted it on Instagram, and then she had to like walk it back because of the backlash. And you can check that video out at WRQK.com. And people like that make me mad. You can protest the anthem all you want. But if you're going to have the balls to do it and you're going to parade your kid out there as like the new wave of brave American, then when you get backlash for it, then stand by it. Don't, don't then delete it. It deletes the whole purpose of the why you did it in the first place, which is you have the right to protest and the right to say what you want. Then don't, then don't back down. Once, you, once somebody's called you out for it, don't back down. Just stand by it. People like that make me really, really angry. That's online for you at WRQK.com. And luckily for the rest of you, I figured out my freezing – well, I didn't really figure it out, but I found a solution to my freezing cold bedroom, Fantone. I found like a little bit of a solution. So I was like hanging out in the sales department after the show yesterday. Okay. And one of them said to me, just get an electric blanket. I said, what am I, 90? <laughs> they said, well, dude, you're either going to freeze – or you get an electric blanket. Now, I had a space heater in the bedroom, but my room, this is going to sound like a first world problem. My bedroom's pretty big. Like, it's like cavernous almost. And so, like, it, you can turn that space heater on there and it don't matter. Like, the room's still ice cold. Yeah. And I mean, you don't want to leave a space heater on overnight. No. So, like, you, you know. And you, I did that by accident the first night I got back from Vegas. I, like, I, I turned the thing on and then I, I was like, oh, I'll just, I'll just lay down and watch one episode of the show. Nope. Next thing I know, I woke up 6 30 in the morning, things still humming in the corner. I was like, yeah, that's how you burn an apartment building down. Yeah. Not interested. Yeah. So I had, uh, I had one of our good salespeople, Kirsten. She actually bought it for me online. I went to J.C. Petty's up there. I tossed and picked it up yesterday on my way home. And, dude, so one of our listeners, Dwayne, gave me the, like, the best advice. Okay. He's like, dude, what you do is you lay that thing down on the bed and you crank it all the way up. And then you put the other blankets like around it. Therefore, you're not laying on top of that. You don't necessarily feel the wiring in it. Okay. And then it just like it'll, it'll like warm up. Like the rest of the blankets. Okay. And at first, like I just had the thing on the couch and it's like like a beige brown color. So like I was all wrapped up in it, like it's just like a toasty Chipotle burrito, just sitting on the couch, just getting warm. And it was nice. But I slept with that thing last night and I turned it off right before I went to bed. Cause it's got a 10 hour automatic shut off, but I don't buy it. Like I, you know, I'm that guy where I'm just like, I'm afraid of all stuff. So I was like, nah, 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 I'm not doing that. Well, I mean, they're, they're like designed to be left on. You know what I'm saying? Some appliances you don't want to walk away from because yeah, like it's the like, iron. Yeah, but right. But it, like, like the crockpot's okay. That's designed to be left on. Use so, that yesterday too. So, so with the uh, you know with the with the heated blanket, you should be okay. There. Yeah, so well, it's got you know, it. dude, it's got a ten. Like I said, it's got a ten hour automatic shut off. But okay. I was like, let's just be, let's just be, you know, let's be safe about it. Okay. So like you know, it, I was pretty warm, and then I shut the thing off. But I noticed this morning when I woke up, I was like, ooh, I'm back to being a little cold. Now, I didn't notice that until I woke up, so not necessarily a big problem there. But, dude, that thing was worth the $55 I paid, easily worth it. Well, there you go, dude. Stansberry just sitting around like a grandma, got his little heated oh. blanket on his lap. Oh, dude, Murder, She Wrote was on. Um, with, 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 with all this being said, um, have you figured out like what the core problem is here? Because, I mean, you lived here in the same building last it's winter. It's like this it every winter. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Oh. No, it's, it's like this every winter. I just have a cold bedroom. Now, I was always keeping my bedroom door closed, fig- figuring that like the heat vents in there, smaller space versus the whole apartment, keep the door closed, trap that heat in particular room. And so some other people were telling me, nah, dude, that's not really the way it works. Like You probably need to leave your bedroom door open, and then the rest of the heat of the apartment will funnel through. So I did the that a little bit yesterday, yeah. and it was a little bit warmer 
than it had been the day before. So maybe that needs to be the new system. But that blanket was amazing. Dude, it's not not one, but two heating units. Or maybe it's time for, you know, I don't know, sub-zero temperatures to just leave Northeast Ohio. We can all thaw out for a minute. Dude. No, do we live here? It sucks. That's I, the way it's going to be. Uh, I, uh, I, dude, it's just brutal right now. Like, it is. I mean, I, I, I you, you don't want to be like, oh, pff, boy, it's really cold or oh, it's really hot, guy. But, like, dude, it is just that bitter ass. Like, when you step on that snow, it's just crunching on you and it's freezing ass cold, man. I don't blame you for the heat of blanket. No, I had to get it yesterday, man. It's got two heating units in it. So, like, you get, like, these two huge boxes that have the control on. They're like flat right. screens. And then, right. like, they plug into the blanket in separate areas. But then yesterday, so I post about this thing, right? And then, of course, nobody can just let me be in my warm, like, goodness. It's I got to be like, wow, we got to take stands right down a peg. And so, like, it was three. Why? It was, <laughs> it was 300 messages about how, you know, I got my grandmother one of those 10 years ago for Christmas, and it lit on fire, and what? she burned her legs down. All right, all right. Well, maybe that concern. But that, but like I said, I mean, you know, it, it, these things are designed to be left on now. It's not if, – if, if you're using your grandma's heated blanket from 1982, then, yeah, maybe it's going to short, you know, out, out something. I'm a little or, worried about it. No, I think you're going to be fine. Don't cons- I, don't let don't let don't let people you know worry you about that. I just don't understand why it's like why is having a heated blanket like such an old lady thing? Like I'm I'm a young able bodied man and why can't I be cold? Like why is that like? It, it's so, considered to be a very feminine thing, like a old very lady. old old feminine thing. Gertrude I don't know. There. I felt the same way. I was like I don't care. Fifty five bucks ends a problem for right, me. Right, 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 right. I just don't understand why it's like no, dude. I'm a badass. I don't care about warmth. It's like no. Well, <laughs> have, have fun in your in your Harley jacket right. then. I'm freezing <laughs> my balls off. Then. Which, by the way, dude, that J.C. Penney's over there is amazing. I've never been in there. The J.C. Penney, it's in the old like Canton Center Mall. It's the only thing like left there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why I never go in there because I always feel like I'm like, what is going on, dude? Over here? Everything in that store right now is like sixty percent off because um, Christmas just ended. Um, it, it, that Canton Center Mall. I know it used to be like the hot spot and like where stuff would happen, but like you can walk out of that J.C. Penney into what was that mall. And, oh, I didn't. Do that. Oh, dude, it feels like a haunted house. Like it feels like it's like it's like weird because nothing else is open there. Like there's the Auntie Anne's pretzels, but it's like a ghost town. You know, there's the fountain that you used to throw pennies and stuff into, but there's no water in it anymore. It's just so weird, dude. It is. It's kind of next. What time, is up with this area and malls like that? Like the Alliance malls like that. Next time, next time you go to that J.C. Penny, if you're like, damn, dude, that was a good J.C. Penny. I'm gonna Today. go back, walk back in, walk back through there, like walk out like where you would go into the mall, and it's I, it's it's scary, dude. I am going back there today because, like I said, all their closers are like sixty percent off right now. Like right. I, I was like, eh, I don't have time yesterday. I, you know, I got things I want to do. Gotta get this blanket around me. I did, <laughs> I did, dude. That thing was so warm, so cozy. It was amazing. I can't believe I just said cozy. Like legitimately, I can't. <laughs> I cannot believe I did that, but it, dude, that thing was amazing. I would have never bought it either. Like I went straight to the sales department, and started bitching about it because right. I knew one of those adult back there would be right. like, "All they right, here's what we do." Like she just took her phone. She was like, "Hey, it's on order." She's like, "Just go pick it up." It's like awesome, nice. That thing was amazing. I got good news for the rest of you, uh, McNeil, Chris McNeil, known the world round uh, as Reflog underscore eighteen on Twitter. The guy who is behind the Owen uh, sixteen parade, which I believe is this Saturday. Indeed. He'll be joining us at 9 o'clock this morning. He's agreed to come on and do the program. We've been friendly for a few years on social media, and he's agreed to do the program, so we'll talk to him coming up at 9 o'clock. Every single hour on the program, you have an opportunity to walk away with $1,000. Your first one's happening right now. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have can't charge tickets for you. 7.30. We'll get you up with those. Their next game, or the ones we have tickets for, I should tell you, is uh, Friday night. 
I heard Isaiah Thomas did pretty well last night. Played fantastic, dude. Absolutely great. Um, I think he scored 17 points uh, on limited minutes. He uh, he went out there, and all I was hoping for was like, just be confident. You know, coming back from an injury, sure. you, you're, you're you're cautious. You're afraid you're going to hurt yourself. Dude looked like he was 100, percent and um, just a lot of very promising things, including. Um, having another playmaker out there is going to give LeBron that rest. He's going to give him that like ability to sit back and kind of not utilize, you know, have to be still 100%. play, but right. not 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 exert himself one hundred percent. What are they going to do with Tristan Thompson? Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, it's about time, right? It, it, it seems at this point, what I'll say about him is that his value is as high as it's going to be. If you're going to try to, you know, combine him in that pick. Um, and it, that's probably what will happen. He'll probably be a part of that pick because of his contract. You put him in a pick together, and you come back with, you know, hopefully a, uh, you know, a, a big man that can take care of the take care of the rim there. We're going to talk to the uh, 0-16 parade organizer, Chris McNeil, coming up at 9 o'clock. People are furious at me for even willing to put him on the air. I don't get it, dude. I don't. Like, there's plenty of things you can be pissed off at us about, sure. But, like, this is the nah, thing? Nah, I mean, dude, I, I've had guys legitimately, like, dude, like, you're the last guy in the world I thought would get behind celebrating losing. But first of all, I'm not getting behind it. Let's, but it's like the biggest story. I mean, dude, this kid's being covered. Kid, he's like 50. You, but he's being covered on ESPN. I mean, dude, this is national news. And I had the chance to put him on the right. You don't think I'm going to do that? If I could get Trump, I'm getting him, too. It's national news. Yeah, I'd, I'd get Obama. I'd get Hillary. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I would do yeah, that. Bring, 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 bring I hate Hillary in. Clinton, but if she wants to do the show, um, I'll have her on tomorrow. Hey. And I, I, I mean, like, number one, certainly I think interviewing somebody doesn't necessarily endorse them. It does not like it's not like, hey, this is what I but I, I don't necessarily view this as a celebration of losing. I kind of see the, the the protest in it. The like, hey, we're drawing attention to it. You've done this to us. So like, uh, I don't. It's dude, not the way he's selling it to you. It's all comical. It's like, look, here's how many how many quarterbacks were in the in the car. He's doing it. No, this is this is dude. the people who are against it are right this is about him and i don't care what he tells you and i'll tell that to him this is about him so is you so your problem is that he's making it about himself as opposed to celebrating I don't have, losing. no i don't have a problem but the people who do are right in the sense that they're celebrating the fact that it's awful he's now now that tv cameras are shoved into his face now he's going to tell you all the right stuff and all the stuff you should say but that's not why it started it started out of we are from ohio our football team sucks and we love our misery that's where it started He's going to sell you all the right stuff now that it's actually going to happen, but that's not where where it was birthed out of. Does that make you less of a fan? Is that what it is? Like you're not as much of a fan as I, I am? Because I, I, don't, I don't. I mean, I don't look at it that way. I now I'm curious as how many people are going to go. I, I mean, a thousand. Yeah, it's probably my benchmark of like maybe that's probably the success number. Oh, I gotta tell hundred, you, I dude, mean, five hundred, seven hundred, something there. Dude, dude, if it's under five thousand, you failed miserably. For as much, I mean, dude, it's on ESPN. It's on FS1. Like, all those shows, Colin Coward was talking about it yesterday. If you can't get 5,000 people there and you've got national sports shows talking about you, it's a wild failure. As somebody who's against it, I mean, shouldn't that person also feel that, like, well, the less people that are there, you know, if there's only five people there, that that's all the better for me? Yeah, no, those people should look at it that way. Okay. I'm telling you from, from, from him, as a guy who's going to have him on the air today, if he doesn't get 5,000 people there Saturday... 
It's a massive failure. It, it all just seems so, like, uh, I don't know, convoluted to me in the sense of, like, I just don't understand. It's like, if you think it's stupid, fine. There's a million things I think are stupid every single day of my life that I choose not to participate well, I mean, in. people are going to sound off about what they don't like. I don't understand the anger. I don't understand the, like, the, 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 I, you, you, can't, you can't put them on the right. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, that part I don't get. That part I don't I just want to hear him out. I just want to hear him out. But it, 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 I mean, and he is raising money for the food banks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, like, there is a positive end to this. Like, so, and that's one of the reasons why I don't care. I don't care if he gets something out of it. There's internet celebrities now. This is the world I live in now, where these people are famous on Twitter and only Twitter. And it's like they get famous. And I, like, I think that's what people are mad about is that the guy got famous off of the Browns being bad. But yet you love Mike Polk. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, like we all understand. I mean, yeah, how many guys in Northeast Ohio have gotten famous off of the Browns being bad? A bajillion of them. Tony Rizzo. I was going to say you can make the argument that Mark Munch Bishop. You can make the argument that any talking Kenny Carmen, head, all any ten, talking head within the sports world. Yes, we. That's that's totally what's happening here. I mean, dude, if, dude, if the I, Browns I won, if the Browns won seven games, Mike Polk has to pack it up and and give it up. And dude, the gig's over. The shtick's over. Right. And it, All those guys, that's what I'm saying. And that's why I think Polk and McNeil, as much as they talk about how bad they want him to win, no, you don't. Because your gimmick's done. I, I, I don't, like, when I watch the Browns, and I watch the Browns, I would say 80% of this year, 80% of those games, and, 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 and I want them to lose. Like, I watch, I don't watch any other NFL team, but I want them to lose. Does that all of a sudden make me like, oh my God, Phantom, what a piece of crap. Everyone hates him. Nobody's listening. Like, what? I, 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 well, yeah, a lot of people are going to feel that way about I, it. I, I guess. I guess that. I mean, do you hate the Buckeyes, and now you're tell- telling people you honestly want the Browns to I suck? I laugh when the Browns lose. Yes, I do. I watch those games. How many? But doesn't that make me a, still a fan? If I'm still watching the games, still wearing the clothes, still supporting the team, like I do. I think it's funny when I the don't Browns know. lose. I, I, dude, are all those people that are, are hating on Nickelback? Does that make them Nickelback fans? No. If they're still listening to it, if they're if they're willingly listening to it, then how are you not? I don't know. I think you can willingly listen to or view something and not be a fan of it. I don't know why. You, why would you do that though? If you hate Nickelback so much and you're sitting around listening to Nickelback, like listening, I, I, I still at my core, I still feel like I am a fan. I still feel like I love that team, but I do think it's funny. I think it's entertaining how bad they are. I don't. I don't like how bad they are, but I. But I understand where this came from. And I understand why he's doing it. Of course, somebody was going to do this. And, you know, all they had to do was win one game, by the way. I mean, that's it. And I don't think that's asking too much out of a professional franchise. And that's another reason why I feel like what he's doing is all right. But yet, I, it's, it's being so, like, this is what I find very interesting about it. Is that even though there's a ton of you that support it that aren't going to go. So, like, why do it? That's my thing. Is like, everybody loves the idea of it on Twitter. But when it's five degrees Saturday, are you really dragging your ass out of Avon Lake and driving down there to go see it? My guess is probably not. That's my guess. Now, I use Avon Lake because he's doing it in Cleveland, obviously. Are people going to leave the western end suburbs to go to it? I don't think so. Now, I could be wrong. But I think if it's anything less than 5,000 people, you've got TV coverage, all this stuff. It looks like a massive flop at that point. Now, he's already raised a ton of money, so I guess that's successful. I'm interested to talk to him, though. It's uh, supposed to be 9 o'clock this morning, and people are furious with me. I mean, they're furious with me. How dare you give him this time, and blah, 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 and oh, thank you for the heads up. I'm avoiding your show that day, and I just don't get that. I'm sorry, I don't get it. 
Now, I probably talk about three, four things every other day where you're like, ah, you know what? I'm not really into that. I'll go listen to KDD or whatever while he's in the middle of that. And I get that. I mean, welcome to the radio. I understand how it works. But, but the anger over this, over willing to talk to him about it, like that I don't get. I Now, look, I'm not anti-parade. I'm not going to go. But again, if it was in July and it was going to be nice, like I would go to maybe cover it for the show. I have no interest to go as like a viewer of it. And I think honestly, come Saturday, the passion for it will die down. And that online, it's like, oh yeah, we'll retweet it. It's the funniest thing ever. And I have maintained from the beginning, and again, I will tell him this at 9 o'clock, is that it's all fun and games until it's on TV on the national media. And then, dude, it's not about the team. It's about you. And it's about your pathetic desperation. That's the way they're going to spin it. It will not be spun that this is going to be the thing that makes the Browns good in the future. No, it won't. This is going to be about the rest of the country laughing at you for freezing your balls off for not getting a single win. This is going to be you being the laughing stock, which is why I've always been like, eh, I'm not necessarily against it. I'm not going to Tony Rizzo. I'm going to mow the dude down with my car. I'm not going to go that far. But I can't get behind it because in reality, what, what the rest of the country wants to do is feast off of our misery. And I kind of view that like my little brother. I can call my brother an idiot and smack him around all I want. If you do it, we're going to blows in my front yard. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. Hang on. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rocks, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're online at WRQK.com, and I have to strut a little bit. Something that I told you would happen is a fact now happening. They're saying now this this woman that's taking over for Matt Lauer on the Today Show, her salary is going to be nowhere near what his was. And I remember telling you on the onset of all of this like sexual awareness stuff that the, that the networks are going to love this stuff. Because what's going to happen is you're not going to avoid the network where Matt Lauer worked. The act, the opposite will happen. You will go to the network where Matt Lauer worked because of like how much it's being talked about. And so now they found his replacement and are going to give her half the money he was making. The companies love this stuff because they're still going to get their rating and they get to replace a really expensive anchor with somebody for a lot less money. Because what happened is Matt Lauer was negotiating those contracts years and years ago when TV and radio made a bunch of money and profit. They no longer do, or not as much as they used to. And so now all these guys who are running these companies are going to love this. Yeah, let's get Charlie Rose out of here. That's a guaranteed contract with too much money. Get him out of here for cause. Dude, I told you in the end some of this was going to end up coming back that some of those guys were out there helping this stuff leak out to get themselves out from underneath huge contracts. And sure enough, here we are. I told you that would happen. I read this, and I don't buy it. And I think, guys, I think you're lying. I think you're completely 100% lying. At least 43% of you are. This says here that 57% of men do not masturbate. I don't buy that. Doesn't seem believable at all. I don't buy that. 57%. Oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Because this will actually make the group of people smaller. 57% of straight men. Oh, I'm sorry. I read this wrong. 43% of you never masturbate. Okay. That, that's what it is. 57% of straight men masturbate on a regular basis. They're saying almost half of men don't masturbate regularly. I don't buy that. I'm sorry. I don't buy it. 
I'm trying to come up with the number that I feel is appropriate because like at the end of the day, are there dudes out there who aren't masturbating? Yes. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out what It's not like the, no percent. Right. Right, right. There's 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 people out there. I would mark it at 10. 15 maybe even that kind of feels high to feels me. high right the, the thing i'm gonna say is that you know maybe your penis doesn't function or maybe as you've gotten older you know the blood's got a little less spicy and you just don't necessarily have the same lust that you once did see i think that's all the more reason why you're gonna masturbate okay because i think it's easier to masturbate than it is to like to get like the like the motion and like the fire in the belly to have sex with another human being. Oh yeah, I mean even if you're not having penis problems, I think that's true. It's just like, well, yeah, I can take ten minutes to myself and go, knock this out and go take a nap, or right. you know, it's putting the half hour in of like you know sexual intercourse and the energy. So no, that that for sure. This is this is self-reporting, and I think that there's still a huge percentage of men out there. That are embarrassed to admit that this is part of their life. Especially guys. Like, I have a guy, I have a buddy who's married. Okay. And he's not been married all that long. It's been about five years, maybe. Right? And he legitimately is shocked that he was like, dude, I honestly thought when I got married that I was going to be done masturbating. I was like, bro, did you never see a sitcom before you got married? Like, where do you think those jokes come from? They don't just fall out of the sky. It's because that's the way the world is. Even even if you're having knock-it-out-of-the-park sex with a partner on a regular basis... It's healthy. I mean, I would still say that at some point, with some frequency, some regularity, you're gonna masturbate. I mean, once it's shut off, probably. 65? Um, I don't know. I'm sure it's a, yeah, it's probably retirement age is, is kind of what I would assume. Right? I mean, through your 40s, through your 50s, you probably still, you know. Once you get that Anthem Blue Shield envelope, it's like, dude, you're half mass, right? I, um, I, but I wonder though, I mean, like, especially with the, with the uh, emergence of pornography on such a mainstream level now where, you know, yeah, porn hardly is even dirty anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it's, No, it's, it's really been kicked up a notch. It's hardly dirty. Now, don't get me wrong. It's filthy. It's disgusting. They're doing terrible things out there. Hookuphotshot.com. It's out of control. What is that? But 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 it's... Uh, I don't know that site. It's... Um, Somebody bookmark that. <laughs> it's, um, but with, you know, with porn becoming like such a thing and taking so many strides into VR porn and, 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 and personalized things, I would assume even at like 70... If you still want to, if you still have the capabilities to, well, very on. easy to get done now. I was going to say, aren't we constantly talking about how retirement homes are just filled with herpes? Right, because, and everyone's just banging it out. Because everybody's just banging it out. And every divorce and everyone is addicted to porn, and there has to be like church like focus groups about it. And like you know, you got to drink coffee and sit around I in mean, a circle and talk about it. Utah has claimed porn as like a public emergency. Yeah, I know a uh, I know a dude who who who's a. Um, a clergyman, and one of the things that he always talks about is like, is like, dude, the amount of pornography that causes problems in relationships. The oh, amount of dude. pornography. And so, I, if, if those things are all true, I have a very hard time believing that forty-seven percent of dudes just aren't aren't J and O at all. I would agree with that. My dad was, you know, he he would counsel couples, and you know, he sometimes he would do it in the house, and so you'd overhear things you shouldn't hear. Right. And the amount of guys who were like. I'm sorry, Dean, what do you want me to do? Like, I'm newly married, but, like, I just, like, the desire of other women is just, like, that's, I mean, and dude, it never goes away. Like, men are always sold this myth that you're going to, like, sow your wild oats. 
Like we're sold this myth that once that, that eventually, dude, you just have enough strange vagina. Ladies, there's no such thing. What it is is you just get to the point in your life where it's like, you know what, dude? Life's tough. Tell I need a partner. Headache. I need a partner. So, dude, it's you and me versus the rest of those assholes out there, and we're gonna take everybody down. Like that's the way that goes. It's not that the guy's like, whoa, jeez, that was it. Seventy vaginas. I'm done. Like that's not what happens. But I just think that this is self-reporting, and there are a lot of guys, like, I know guys, like, I got buddies, who will, like, staunchly tell you that they don't do this stuff. And it's like, dude, it's not going to mean you're any less of a man, nor do I view your relationship as anything less than. As a matter of fact, I would look at you like you're more healthy. Yeah, I mean... You need it. Yeah, and... and Nobody knows you like you. Don't get me wrong, like, I don't want, I don't want my girlfriend, like walking in on me while it's happening but like she knows that I do it and it's not like a like oh my gosh I have to be so embarrassed about this and hide this like it's a part of like a healthy sexual identity now if you're not having sex with her and you're masturbating then she's got now she's got an issue there now that happens in relationships you gotta watch that like of course that's not okay but I'm not buying like dude I guarantee you when I like when we go to break and I'm gonna go pull up the social media sites we are not gonna masturbate we're not we're not doing it. He's got long arms, people. He can reach over this board. I, uh, when we go to break and I go to the social media sites, I'm going to have dudes tell me, I don't do this ever. And, I, and I'm telling you right now, I don't believe you. Maybe. Now, I guess what's the frequency? Because if we're talking ever versus like. Well, how are we going to? Let's you and I define regular basis right now. Once a week? That sounds right. Once a week? So multiple times a month? Let's call it five times a month. I think most dudes are masturbating five times a month. I would say I would 80 plus so. percent of guys. Here's what I here, well, dude, if you're not, I worry about you, right? Because I play golf with all you guys. You guys all email me. I hear about your stories. All you ever do is tell me how your wife never gives you sex. Right. Three so, times a month. Maybe. So if your wife's never giving you sex and she doesn't like perform oral sex, which is the number one thing guys bitch to me about all the time. So if she's not giving you either one of those things and you're not masturbating, so did you mean, no wonder you're pissed off. No wonder you think the country's going to hell in a handbasket. You haven't had an orgasm in 10 years. Like, of course. Stop lying. You crank. Dude, you're probably behind the wheel right now Jeez, doing it. Jeez, pervert. There's no snow on the ground. It's cold. Roads aren't <laughs> slushy. You don't need a two-handled wheel today. Take a couple minutes for yourself. That is terrible advice. I don't know. Terrible. I don't know what I was thinking. I have no idea what I was thinking about that. You want to vent your frustration on the Cleveland Browns and don't want to go to the parade? Somebody's got three different things you can do to vent your frustration for the Cleveland Browns. We'll give those to you. That will be next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 1069. We're also online at WRQK.com. If you have not yet seen that video of the Lima Waffle House going off, man, dude, bro, honestly, I hate to admit it, but I'm one of those people, dude, those videos are always awesome. Oh, dude, very entertaining. No question about it. I mean, dude, the fighting that's going on in this Waffle House, which I don't, I guess I just, it wasn't like that restaurant for me growing up. 
But like everybody's always like, dude, nothing ever good happens. And I'm like, I, I guess I didn't know that. Like Waffle House wasn't like where me and my friends went after a night of drinking because yeah. I, I wasn't close enough to one. I think the 24 hour thing definitely plays oh, a part yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, the fact that Waffle Houses are often in what do I want to say uh, economically challenged areas. Often, you know what I'm saying? Like, rallies. I think that's I think that's a yeah, fair you statement. See the same thing there. I. Uh I live pretty close to the one on Cleveland Avenue in uh, in Canton South. There, I'm surprised more stuff doesn't go down there. I, um, dude, I haven't been to a Waffle House in forever. And like, but you're right. Like, it's always something popping off at the Waffle House. I know that's also a um. They use Waffle Houses in them closing down in hurricanes because Waffle Houses are almost impossible. Like the you know, corporate offices, like, no, you got to stay open. So once those shut down, people in the South are always like, damn, dude, it's getting bad out here. Really? So yeah, it's it, Waffle House. I understand Walmart being a epicenter of like craziness I get that but Waffle House and Chuck E. Cheese it just always seems like people are like not just fighting but like 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 gang fights scrapping uh, at it dude did you get a bunch of poor people in the same room yeah. <laughs> I mean I, and look and for those of you that just rolled your eyes at me I'm poor Right, so like let's let's like, like let's just establish that. I know there used to be this thing where it's like, well, if I listen to him on the radio or if I watch him on TV, he's got to be loaded. That is wildly inaccurate. It's true for me, but stands <laughs> wildly get cut off a piece. Wildly inaccurate. <laughs> so, but I mean, I think that's definitely part of it. And I, but like, I get how something could go off in a Waffle House at three a.m. Right. Like that, I could get. Right. But if I'm looking at this right, it's like light outside. And and and, and it's and like I said. Oh no, it's not. It's, no, it's not. I'm it's sorry. not just one person involved in this fight. If it's two people, dude, hey, that happens. That could right. happen anywhere. You're drunk. Pass you the syrup. Somebody, next thing you know, hey, you're fighting. But this is like this is like gangland warfare out there, dude. It's insane. You can actually see the dude like pull up like the app on his phone to grab the camera for us. <laughs> <laughs> and you see other people in there. I mean, dude, I'm pretty sure that's a guy beating a woman up it's dude it's bad it is that's a yeah that's a guy beating a dude look at all the calves jackets in this that can't be good press no well dude you know it's i mean i guess really at that point calves are probably like all right it's lima who's really watching dude, that this is why i didn't realize lima was going off like yeah, that yeah dude all you gotta do is head over there i've never even been to lima i couldn't even like really? i couldn't even begin to tell you about like what it is how it is i have no idea i have no perspective on I, well I, it's been a long time since i've been to lima but the last time I was there, I wouldn't think that this is what was going. Like, it just goes to show you, right, about how you feel about certain areas. Oh, I figured Lima was more FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> you know what I mean? Less where Black People Meet.com. I figured it was more Farmers Only. Like, I didn't, I didn't realize like that about uh, about Lima. But that Waffle House video is, dude. I think you can actually hear somebody scream "World Star" in oh, the back. Oh, sure. In the back of it, which, dude, what a great marketing tool for that website. Anytime something awful happens, somebody just yells world star in the background. Smart marketing there. So there are a lot of you who are really upset about this 0-16 Browns parade that's going to happen on Saturday, right? And I guess I get it. I don't understand you being this mad about it. Like, I, I understand why people are like, dude, I don't celebrate losing because that's how I feel about it. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going because I don't want to celebrate losing. Right? So me and you, we're, we're, you know, we're simpatico then, right? But your anger on it is where you lose me. Because I just refuse to care this much about it. Yeah, I, it, 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 it really is confusing in that sense of why, why is it so bothersome to you? Like, I, you can think it's stupid. I understand that. Uh, but It is stupid. Wait, so yeah. what, are you, what are you so mad about? So I grabbed this from WKYC.com, Channel 3 there, at their website. They had what you could do, like three things you could do to maybe like vent your frustration. One of them is petition the league to step in. They say over the last four plus years, the Browns have gone four and forty-nine. Jesus, dude. 
Jesus. In the five seasons under Haslam's majority ownership, the Browns have posted an NFL worst 15 and 65 record. 15 and 65. Wow. Wow. Factoring in the remaining games of the 2012 season after the scale was approved, or sale, sorry, approved by uh, the NFL, the Browns have gone 19 and 70. The Browns have not won on Sunday afternoon since December 13th, 2015, and the 33 straight losses are an NFL record. They're saying, dude, just get the league to step in. You could petition them to step in. I don't think, I, I, I have been saying, I think, behind closed doors, I don't know if, if I'm the NFL, I would have stepped in by now. Yeah. Because I don't want anything inside my business to be this bad. Is it? Does it make the Browns Try to kick Nikki Six off the radio? Because everything else here is awesome. <laughs> does it make the Browns, you know, rather than just being another four and twelve team, does it give them some level of notoriety at the very least? Because they're so bad, it's going to be deemed as unfair by the rest of the league. Is what is what the problem is going to be? But I think the NFL probably should be backdooring some deals to kind of help all franchises there. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of uh, that's, you know, f- to, for making your product better. They're better served at the Browns being 5-11 and 11 as opposed to 0-16. For sure they are. Yeah, I mean, we're one of the original franchises. I say all the time, if the Browns were even competent over the last 15 years, you'd be revered like the Packers. Well, I mean, you, can, you can't give them 10 wins. No. no, so, no. so if but we're giving them three, like, like... I mean, like... Yeah, I'd step in at some point. I think we're at that point. They say here another thing you could do is don't buy the merchandise. They say Browns make plenty of money from the jersey sales in recent years, especially because of the quarterback position, where I don't know why you'd buy a quarterback jersey. That's nuts. They say 28 men have started at least one game since the return in 1999. That's insane. That's insane. You'll see them all, too. Couch, Manziel, Griffin 3, all of them. Dude, they sell from anywhere from like 80 bucks to $300, depending on how, like, you know, they say, you know, a lot of that money goes to the Browns there, so don't do it. They say the last thing you can do is do not renew your tickets. And I've said this time and time again, that I think attendance will depict wins. And if you stop going, that maybe they're going to fix it. Or that they have to fix it. Because if you kept going, because they were bad forever, and we kept going. Games were sold out, and I was like, well, why would you fix it? But then there's also this argument, because this is what people are hitting me up with all morning on Twitter. Don't go to the parade, just don't go to the games. I think Fanton and I did the story earlier this year, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure the number was $52 million the teams get from the TV money before, oh, yeah. they, before they even open the gate. So before the season even starts, they get $52 million profit that they just pocket. So, I mean, how much money are you really going to cost them? Not um, that much. Uh, and when Aaron Rodgers comes to town, Packers fans are going to buy tickets and go. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is like, yes, you can you can pull back from the Browns, but I don't know if any one individual's, you know, decision there is really going to sway, you know, turn the tides here. Um, Here's the thing is, I guess if you really want to protest, then like you can stop being a fan, right? I mean, like, isn't that the ultimate protest is just like, all right, I'm done with it. Instead of getting angry about it, instead of getting upset about it, instead of burning your jersey or having a parade, isn't the true protest there like, all right, I, I think I'm, you're making, I'm done. I think you're making it too easy. I, I, there, you and I are different this way. But, dude, guys who are like dyed-in-the-wool fans of the Browns, like I'm a Browns fan, but I'm not a diehard. Like, dude, our buddy Dustin is a diehard. He lives and breathes with this stuff. And he's one of those guys who will tell you, I'm done. But Sunday at 1, he's beating his kid up for the remote so he can turn the game on. And, like, that's – and he can't stay away from it. Like, he'll – like, I'll have a conversation with him Thursday at 5, Friday morning. He's on me on Twitter about being negative on him. 
I mean, I guess, like I said, I, I watched 80% of Browns games this year. So, like, it is. There is something uh, alluring about, you know, the siren's call of the Cleveland Browns. But it, if you, I, I guess, really, it, it, to me, I'm not that upset about it. If you're really that upset about it, at what point do you divorce her? At what point do you say enough is enough? I'm drawing the line in the same. I think, I think guys like that would tell you that there's so much a fan that there is no divorcing yourself from it. That is that 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 is something that you can say, but yet cannot be done. This is stuff. You know what it is. It's and I. I this is why I talk about why they need to get good now. Is that this stuff is passed down from fathers to sons? Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like Dustin's dad is a died, and dude, he hates when I rag on the Browns. And like my dad works Sunday afternoon being a minister, so like my dad never took me to games. So like I like watching games, but I'm not like a like I'm never gonna paint my face or anything. It's a generational issue here, certainly, and like oh, it's gonna be brutal. I mean, I can remember, I can remember my dad crapping on the Browns after the cardiac kids and being like, ah, they suck now. But it, it was nothing like what a 15 year old nowadays face is like because it's like dude if you're a 15 year old growing up why would you be a fan I of the Browns? I always like, talk about it dude you got Twitter you got like 30 second highlight clips uh, you know of Odell Beckham you don't need your local franchise anymore you don't the game's global like you can you can be a fan of other teams and like you know, especially here like look at here like how easy it is to just be like eh, I'm a Steelers fan right because you're close it's close and they win and the quarterbacks from Ohio. I hear a lot of people always say that. Well, you know, Ben went to Miami. So technically, I guess if that's the way you want to do it, fine, be a Steelers fan. I don't really care. I think it's a little crazy when people were born and raised here and just start liking the Steelers. But, I mean, when your team's been this bad and shown you zero respect and wanting to fix it for you, I can't necessarily argue with the fact that all of a sudden that you like to watch Le'Veon Bell play football. I can't knock that. I want to. Can't. We'll talk to the parade organizer, Chris McNeil. That will happen 9 o'clock on the program. We do have to get you hooked up at this thousand dollars. Let's do that right now. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069. Your shot at one thousand dollars. Six nine. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 1069. Online for you at WRQK.com. Head over there, you can check out a video of uh, former Browns wide receiver Dwayne Bow attempting to uh, throw his hat into the rap ring. Yikes. That's all I'll say on that. When you're a player in the moment, I guess I can understand how that happens. But, like, come on, Dwayne Bo. Like, <laughs> just, just ride off into the sunset by yourself there, dude. Shh, go away. I'll tell you a guy who's a professional athlete who is actually a really good rapper. As a matter of fact, they, uh, the Cavs were just playing him the other night. Is Dame Lillard from the Portland Trailblazers. Dame's new album is really good. And it's got some, like... It's got some guest spots on it from like some legit rappers. Like that guy's got like a legitimate career out of him in that. It sucks about being famous that way. Because once you get famous in one thing, people want you to stay in that thing. Like right. you're not really supposed to be moving around a lot. But I'll give you great examples of why you shouldn't do that to celebrities. What's up, Rock? Without The Rock, you wouldn't have had any movie to go see last year. Had you just kept him in the WWE universe. You see what I'm saying? You got to stop like harassing people for like getting out of what you consider to be their lane. Quit no. being, you know, the big baller brand about it. Let people do what they want. There's uh eight million examples of athletes who are like, you know what, I'm gonna be a rapper, and it was absolutely terrible. Um, so I understand why there's a bit of skepticism behind it, but like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> like, go out there and rap until your heart's content. Dude, it's buddy. really good. I, like, uh, it's I, really good. I did not know that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's. I, I love his new record. Actually, his last his last one was pretty good too. I really like Damian Lillard. That's probably 
my third or fourth favorite NBA player. The Portland Trailblazers are always my my, my Western Conference team. I loved Rasheed Wallace back in the day, and I always wanted to live there, and then eventually I ended up living in Oregon for a little while, and so I became a big fan when I lived out there. As a matter of fact, uh, Oregon's what we're going to talk about right now because they're making some national news right now. And uh, when I first moved there, um, I had been there once before to see Metallica, but like I, I had never lived there, right? And so like I was I was driving from Nevada, and um, and we were moving to a place called Grants Pass, and we had to drive through what was one of my favorite cities in Oregon, which is called Ashland. And Ashland's really cool. It's where Southern Oregon University is, so it's a college town. It's just kind of cool and trendy. It's got a bunch of good restaurants. Ashland's really really cool. So we were driving through Ashland, and my brother was on his Harley, and I was on my car. I was in my car. We got separated, and I didn't really know exactly where the hell we were going or whatever. So I pulled over at a gas station, and I needed to get some gas. And so I pulled up to the gas pump. I got out of my car and I grabbed the gas pump. Right. Next thing I know, somebody from the Shell station comes running out of the building, screaming at me. Okay, so I stop, and he's like, "You're not allowed to do that." I'm not allowed to do what exactly? I'm, I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't smoking cigarettes. You're not allowed to pump your gas. Are you not from here? I said, no, I just moved here from Ohio. Oh, that's why. You're not allowed to pump your own gas in Oregon. They have, it's full service. It's the only option you have. You're not allowed to do it, right? And a lot of people there like that because people have jobs. Like that's a job you can get that will pay your bills in Oregon. Like okay, I mean, the, the, I mean, it feels kind of backwards to me where it's like, well, are we just going to stand in the way of all other things and be like, nope, this is the way we have to do it? But okay, I get it's jobs. It's been one of those things that yeah, they kind of bank on it for jobs. That's been the way they sold it to you, and also it's convenience. But I mean, isn't that isn't that counter to? Uh, I mean, small business gas station. You know, the owner of a BP or whatever isn't that isn't that hindering them from you know? Yeah, I, I would say yes. I would say yes, especially since I, one of my best customers at the bar I owned, we called him 76 Joe because okay. Joe worked at the 76 station. And dude, he was making like $13 an hour to pump gas. Like, that's crazy. Like, but Oregon, dude, like, I think they're, I, I, I don't know, I think their minimum wage at the time was like nine fifty or something like that. They're higher than the national average. So they have now voted to take this out of Oregon. And people are freaking out there because they've never done it. Like they just, they don't know about it. And so like, unless you've traveled or unless, which a lot of people there, I told you, they don't even move around their own state. They would say Medford, it's 20 minutes away. It's all the way to Medford is what they would say all the way. 20 minutes. It was like nuts. Like they just don't move around. It's just the way Oregon people are. They just kind of stay put. Right. And so like the reaction of these people has gone viral online. Let me read you some of these. Tina, not a good idea. There are a lot of reasons to have an attendant helping. One is that they need a job. Many people are not capable of knowing how to pump gas and the hazards of not doing it correctly. Besides, I don't want to go to work smelling like gas when I get my hands or clothes. I think this is a very bad idea. I, I, I mean, like, I've, don't get me wrong. Yeah, you've gotten some gas on your hands before, but within, like, two minutes, that's done. That's not an issue. I have never been like, oh, damn, look at me, man, just reeking like gasoline it right now. It just, like, pour out the side. Right. It's not like you're shooting it up into the air. <laughs> what is this lady talking about? Mike writes in and says, I've lived in this state all my life, and I refuse to pump my own gas. I had to do it once in California while visiting, and my brother almost died doing it. <laughs> wow. 
This is a service only qualified people should perform. I will literally park at the pump and wait until somebody pumps my gas. I can't even. Oh, my God, Mike. I can't even. Is adulting too tough for you? I'm just trying to. There's some things, obviously, with a car I would not feel comfortable doing. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, there's a, a qualified professional should be doing it, but pumping gas, what do you need to be certified in? Thomas also writes into the local news station there, KP12, and says, does no one consider the, the effects of breathing in small amounts of gas over time? Lung cancer rates will skyrocket. Who knows what this effect will have on our bodily systems? And then another guy writes in right behind him and says, you're right, better to pay an attendant slave wages to breathe them in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the, the thing is here is it's not like this is like uncharted territory that we're going into and it's like dude there's 49 other states in the union and we can point to all of them and we I, pump our gas and I, we're fine I, I once upon a time New Jersey was like this too I don't know if they still are or not but I know New Jersey and Oregon were Jesus, the two places dude. where you couldn't do it I understand if you feel like as a gas station owner you want to give that extra little something and, well normally they charge more right and like like that's okay. Like, all right. There's a place here in North Canton that does it, right? I just read about this guy. I think they're closing that place. I think I just read about him in the, in the repository. And I, and I get that. And like, all right, hey, you're a little old lady that doesn't want to pump her gas. All right, well, it's an extra dollar for one of these. You know, you're gonna get some loyal customers that way. I get that, and that's that's 100. Your, you know, but like, if this was such an efficient thing, it's not efficient. The other 49 states would have would have jumped on board. Well, with this. It, it a lot of it is payroll, is what I'm imagining. Um, I used to work at a gas station that had a full service pump. We had self service. But you could pull up to full service. I, you, that was like my first job. I had to run out there and kind of do all that. Sandy wrote in and says, I don't even know how to pump my own gas. I'm 62. I've lived in Oregon my entire life. I say, no, thanks. I don't want to smell like gasoline. I, I feel bad for Sandy. She's 62. And this probably feels like the world is falling apart on her. Yeah. I mean, dude, if like my mom's like 70, right? right. So if my mom had lived there her entire life and now this was going to upend her, I'd be like, all right, well, what does she do? But, but, but if you are still capable of driving an automobile, then you should be able, you to, should be able to learn how to pump your own gas. That's not that much of a, a, of a request. I mean, it's just so funny to watch people go overboard and go too far with it. No, disabled people, seniors, people with young children in the car need help. Now, it's not, it's not though, like they always tell you it's so convenient and I found it to be completely inconvenient. But again, this is one of the things that living in Oregon made me crazy is that it's very slow. Like they're not worried about how fast things get done. Hurry up. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. That's a Midwest East Coast thing. Like that's even more East Coast than Midwest. Midwest is slower than the East Coast. But like they kept yelling at me when I lived out there. It's like, bro, we're never going to speed up like that. Like we don't want to live like that. We like it slow. We that's our that's why we live here is because, dude, it's a huge state where nobody lives, which is what makes Oregon awesome is that it's massive and nobody lives there. But it's like they're they're not concerned about speed. So like if you're late on your way into work, you can't stop and get gas on your way to work. Like you got to prepare for it. Like again, like you go to like the, the like the grocery stores that do it. It would take sometimes twenty minutes to get my gas pump. That sounds so inconvenient. Like it what was if, crazy. What if I wanted to go in buy a pack of cigarettes, cup of coffee, and the gas? So then I have to go in buy the cigarettes, coffee. So so like, and can I pay with my credit card? Like, am I, like yeah, you uh, hand them your credit you card and they card, do it. And they, they do it. It just sounds and so inconvenient. I will tell you this. So I tipped the kid the first week I was in town, yeah. right? Because, again, he was the customer of mine. Right. So I was like, all right, well, I tipped the kid. And everybody in line behind me, they were beeping their horn. Like, they get mad. 
Because now what they, they don't want that to be the thing because they don't want to have to tip that person. And again, I said, what do you mean you're not going to tip that person? And they said, well, Dan, you don't understand. That guy makes more than minimum wage to stand there and do that. To them, it's probably like a McDonald's employee where you're like, no, I'm not tipping a McDonald's well, employee. Dude, you I know? told you about Oregon and tipping. They don't buy into it because waitresses and bartenders make $10 an hour. So they don't buy into it. And I have always, that's what I've always said. You got to be careful about that kind of stuff because in the end, I think you end up making less money. But people like th- one of these guys that wrote into this news station is a, is a few in the army and he's worried about having to pump his own gas i mean what a bunch of sissies when i first moved there i thought my head was going to explode because of all like the hippie crap and i lived in like southern oregon where it was like alabama with mountains i mean it's like and still it was like the hippie crap that goes on there i can't believe some of these reactions you're first of all if you can't pump your own gas i feel like we should take your Driver's right. license. You away should from not you. have a license. If you if you can operate a motor vehicle, you can operate a gas. Pump. You know what though? That is a little interesting that they don't kind of go through that with you in driver's ed, right? Isn't that a little nuts? Because you, as a twelve year old, because your mom was like, "Hey, here's five dollars, five on three. Now run across the parking lot right. and pay, and don't get right. run over." Right. That, because you learned it when you were eight. <laughs> That's true. There's a guy who I guess is famous. Uh, originally from Westlake. His name's Logan Paul. I don't really know who Logan is, but he got himself in a ton of trouble via YouTube and social media. We'll give you his story. That will be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. We have uh, Canton charge tickets for that game Friday night. Civic Center, we'll get you hooked up here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you need on those. So there's this dude who's like super popular right now. Right. And I don't know a thing about him. Because I wasn't really big on Vine when that whole thing was out. And I guess this is where like he like got his fame. And then he moved over to YouTube when Vine failed out. His name's Logan Paul. And Logan, I guess, is what you call an internet celebrity. And apparently he's pretty big. Like... People are tweeting in and telling me, dude, he's the biggest YouTube guy out there. Like, he's like one of the biggest dudes out there. And I had never heard of him. So I guess I need to spend more of my time on YouTube. And I'm not being sarcastic. I'm saying, like, dude, if this dude's that big of a deal and he's from Ohio, I should have known that. But he's that big of a deal to, like, kids. And, I mean, I think essentially that's where a lot of YouTube celebrities get their popularity. And, I mean, this guy's probably 20 years old, seems like. I mean... Oh, is that right? Yeah, this isn't like... This isn't like adults are like clamoring over him he's essentially like a teeny bopper like youtuber he's the bieber of yes okay yes so it's all right that i didn't so know. i was gonna say don't beat yourself up over that okay. don't feel like you need to go home and like dude no i really need to start getting up on that like, no because I, mean, I was in the hallway yesterday and tony mcginty who works on you know the kdd morning show said to me he's like dude he's like yeah he's like that kid's from westlake and i was like oh my god dude he's like this dude's a big deal this thing's happening it's out of ohio and i didn't know like am i out of touch what the hell's happening and i normally try to keep my finger on the pulse i know we joke a lot about me being old and dusty but like, you know what I mean? I like two chains. You know what I mean? I know, I know what's going down. But Logan Paul, apparently, he, what, what did he do? He, he, he went to Japan, and apparently there's something there called the Suicide Forest. Mm-hmm. And this is where people, like, I guess it's a very common place where people will go and take their lives. Yeah, I mean, just like there's, you know, the Golden Gate Bridge is kind of an iconic, yeah, big I'm going to throw myself off of this. Yeah, where they put the netting on mm-hmm. that. Uh, I, that I think that's the same way where a lot of people just go in there and hang themselves, and it's kind of a... I, I don't want to say it's like a uh, a rite of passage, but it's like a um, it's very very par for the course over there. So he went to the forest and was filming for his channel, and uh, apparently, the, and again, I think this is where a lot of people had an issue with it. Um, not that it's not classless in its own, 
but he was wearing one of those stupid, I'll wear this hood, and now all of a sudden I'm a fox or I'm a right, rabbit, or right. like he has one of those stupid hats on. And again, I think I'm just too old for that. Like, I don't understand that at all. Like, I don't get that at all. I see it all the time at the Agora, and I'm like, okay, I, I guess I don't know what this is about. Yeah, I mean, it is. And it goes back to like, well, dude, if you're a 19 year old, you're going to be doing things I don't understand. And I, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that. Honestly, at this point, and I look back at myself when I was like 17, 18, 19 years old, I was doing all sorts of dumb crap. Oh, I'm dude, 40 sure. year olds thought I was nuts for right. wearing Z Cavaricis. Right. So, like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I get it, right? It just—it's one of those stupid kid things that I'm not about. But apparently, what he walked up to one of the one of the bodies that was hanging from the tree. Yeah, they found one, and it was like making jokes about it. Now, it's—I I don't think it's necessarily like like you just walk back there and it's like, look at all those dead bodies everywhere, just swinging, right? Right. But they did find one, and he didn't necessarily treat it as like, oh my god, there's a dead body. He, he was kind of making jokes, kind of making jokes, and kind of like using it as an opportunity to like promote himself to be that you know that celebrity in the moment. So the internet does what the internet does, which is is like we shall judge whether or not what you've done is appropriate or not. And I would agree with the overall reaction that I'm not sure it's appropriate. As a matter of fact, I'm sure that it's not appropriate to walk up to a hanging dead body and and do like stand up monologue in front of it. Right. I'm not crazy about that. So now he has since then apologized and in a written statement on Twitter and he posted a video on YouTube um, you know, about, you know, I'm sorry and I didn't mean to do this and this is not what, what I was trying to do. But yes, it was what you were trying to well, do. Well, you walk around in the suicide forest right. for then. Like, oh, you just so happen to be on Because, there. dude, if you were really trying to talk about the pitfalls of like depression and suicide in this and other countries, you wouldn't be doing it wearing a frog hat. You would be like out there. And, and, and I also don't think it would be necessary for you to have found the body. You might go to the forest itself. Give people a visual of like, this is like frame of reference. This is where it is, but you don't necessarily need the body hanging there. And now people are coming after this guy. And I think rightfully so, because they're making the argument that what you're doing is sensationalizing suicide. A part of this problem is, is that his YouTube channel videos, all that stuff, it's geared towards kids. And like, it'd be one thing if this was like a documentary geared towards adults, like you said, and it's like, hey, here's, here's, you know, we're raising awareness. Just so you can but, see it. But this is like, this is for children. And so he, in, in my mind, there's a little bit of me that's like, God, I don't care. Like, what difference does it make what this guy does? But if you, if I was a parent of a 12 year old who was like, oh, I love Logan Paul, whatever this guy's name is, I, I, then I can understand why you have some issue here. I do. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you weren't out there for educational purposes you were out there for web hits and so like this is this kind of stuff these kind of apologies really bum me out because you're not apologizing because you know you were wrong you're apologizing because you were being forced to and i guess youtube yanked the video down as they should like they're gonna get they're gonna weigh in and people are gonna talk to me about free speech and all this other stuff but dude at the end of the day they uh, dude that's a company that needs to protect its ass youtube is not the American government, YouTube, you know what I mean? Like they're a company. Like you can't, right. if, if they don't want to put pornography on their site, they don't put pornography they on their don't, site. From if what they, I understand. If they don't want to put, if they don't want to put like graphic violence on their site, they don't put graphic violence on their site. There's no free speech issues to be had here. Like, I, like there's a woman who like wrote into the Fox eight story about this and I'm not going to give you her name cause she's not listening to us. And so I don't want anybody attacking her, <laughs> but it says, I think he truly meant his apology. It was heartfelt. My kids watch him sometimes inappropriate, but always shoots from the hip. He's a good kid. I like him way better than some of the others. Let's not let's not be quick to judge and criticize this young man. Nobody knows how they would act on the, in that situation. Uh, I, let me tell you. Now again, I'm older, okay, but 
if I saw a body of somebody that 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 legit that I knew committed suicide, I would know that the reaction of my audience would not be, "Hey, thanks for showing me that." I would know that in 2018, my audience is going to say to me, "Bro, you probably shouldn't do that." And there's a little bit of like this is a, this is kind of a decent human thing that we're talking about here. Whether you know it was suicide or not, we're talking about a dead body that you like stumbled upon. There needs to be a little bit of like understand the severity of the situation and like understand what you have here. And you're right; it'd be one thing if it was like, "Oh my God, look at that body." This is what happens here on a regular basis. But no, like when you when you stand up in front of it and you and dab, do a monologue, right, right, right? Then we're in a completely different place here. I mean, dude, that's somebody's family member hanging from a tree, and there you are sitting there thinking this is the right time to tell jokes. It's like, how's a guy that gets famous on the internet not like learn from stories where that girl, all she did was take a selfie in front of Auschwitz? A selfie. Like, she didn't even comment nothing. She just was standing in front of it, and people like were furious over the fact that she would even take a photo with it. So how did you then think that the best thing to do is then to take the victim of this particular story and then like make jokes in front of it like this is you know I, I saw another radio person say this about Logan Paul yesterday that legitimate celebrities should have to go through some sort of like training on how to handle the stardom and how to handle the spotlight and like the, that thing that happens in you where it's like alright I need to keep doing this so this keeps happening you know what I mean and she's not Dude, my friend Chrissy, she's not necessarily wrong on that. I don't know how you do it, but I felt like I was like, ah, dude, walking away from that, that'd probably not be the worst idea in the world. We do have charge tickets. They're playing Friday night at the Civic Center. We'll take caller 17 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those, and we'll find out who's got the bigger power button next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. When you get in a car accident, the first thing you think is, I can't... 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. I'm about to do something I probably shouldn't, but apparently, dude, uh, one of the afternoon guys on the radio was spending a good portion of his program yesterday bitching about me, complaining about me, which is always, you know, it's always a little flattering. Dude, I said no. And it was also eight years ago. Like, what are you still crying about it for? And if you're going to bitch about me, dude, list me by name, you coward. I said no. Move on. I don't know why nobody in that building can move on from that moment in time. I don't know why nobody can just let that go. Dear God. You've had two other guys in that room since then. You would think you'd learn to get over it by now. But when you're the hot girl at the dance, I guess that's the way that's going to go. So yesterday, the president did something that put, that whipped people all up in a, in a fever. Like, it just whipped them all up. Right? And, like, the dude who runs North Korea was talking about his uh, his nuclear button and how it's always on his desk because he's like their Trump. Like, you know, he's one of those where he's just like, he's always like saying the stuff, like saying the things there. And I think he knows that our commander-in-chief, Donald J. Trump, is the same way. He's going to react in kind. He's going to say the things. And I think that these guys are both very similar in that regard. I think they're very much talk loud, little action. And I just feel like that's who they both are. So Trump responded and said North Korean leader Kim Jong-un just stated that the nuclear button on his desk at all times is on the desk at all times. Will someone from his depleted and food-starved regime please inform him that I too have a button, but it is much bigger and more powerful and a more powerful one than his, and my button works. Well, I would imagine his button probably works too. 
I, I, I would imagine that. I doubt that it's actually on the desk. Like you flip the red tab open and press it, and then like world destruction happens. I doubt it's like that. But now people are freaking out about this and are pissed at Trump for the way he's positioning this. And so I'm just going to ask the question. What's worse, to respond in kind or to have no response at all? Because you have to address it. Is there not a third option of responding appropriately? What's the appropriate response? I mean, I I definitely think there's a way to say it without saying like... Well, somebody needs to give that to me. um, Because that's what everybody's saying, but nobody gives me the version. I guess that, you know, and as as, as I'm not president, I mean, just at the very least, kind of a, you know, the world does not want a nuclear war. Um, America, you know, will will continue to support, you know, freedom and liberty across the, you know, the, the globe and like... I guess all the platitudes of what a president's supposed to say as opposed to like... Would a, I prefer a, that? Yes. A de-waggling contest? I would prefer that, yes. But I don't have a problem with what he said here. I don't. And it, like, here's the thing. I'm not worried about North Korea at all. And now I may be in a severe amount of denial. I'll make room. But I maintain that, dude, the guy who's out to end you doesn't tell you. They don't warn you. Otherwise, this is like the worst Bond villain in the history of the world. I mean, I know what you're saying, but like, and, 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 you know, when you started this and, and you talked about how similar they are, and as a liberal, it's very important to like say this. I feel like that, like, at the end of the day, though, this dude is a true to the heart, like, crazy dictator. Like, President Trump is not that. I have a million arguments and I have a million gripes against the guy, but he's not a dictator. Well, a he's pre- not the supreme leader. You know what I'm saying? Well, a president doesn't have the power a dictator does. So, like, that is true. That's the difference here. And, like, I, do I think that President Trump has killed thousands upon thousands of his citizens? No. Has Kim Jong un done that? 100%. So, like, they're, they're different. They're, I understand people's, like, oh, well, but they're. This is this is a true to the heart evil dictator that we're talking about here. Evil, I would grant you. I'm not so sure he's that reckless to where you do this, because people may have lost respect of the United States. I'm not sure they've lost the fear of it. Well, nobody nobody wants to commit suicide in that sense of like nobody wants to be like, hey, I'm going to press the button that's going to start nuclear annihilation and destroy you know my country. My I don't think that's necessarily what he wants. But like when we start talking about these very severe consequences, handling it with tact, handling it with diplomacy seems important to me. Not being petty about it and poking somebody about it and and, and doing these little things that like disrupt the entire balance there. I, I think handling this with a little bit of... Well, did we upset the entire band? Because like, that's my problem is people go to that, but it's like, well, I mean, if the argument that he's so crazy that if you tweet to him, he's going to overreact and do it. Well, if that were true, he would have done it and he didn't. So like, isn't that proof? I mean, it's been 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? Like- yeah, but he's been on this for months. Meanwhile, dude, China already told him, dude, if you go to war with, with, with America, we're not down. We're not down with that, which is what's going to keep everybody in their own corners. This is staging. This to me is WWE slap the oil on the chest, and I don't necessarily care about it. Nah, that's not the right phrase. I don't worry about North Korea acting up as much as other people do. Now, maybe that's American, like, you know, ego and, you know, nothing bad could ever fall to us because we're the greatest country in the world. I will admit, dude, I was raised here and Rocky Four was like the best movie ever when I was a kid and it kind of beat that into you that America can't be destroyed. I would admit all of that. 
Okay? But I just, like, I, I'm going to keep going back to the bad Bond villain thing. Like, I just don't believe somebody lays out their plan to you like that. I, I, I'm not going to be this alarmist, this, like, constant, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. But at the same time, I think sticking your head in the sand over certain things like this, it's just like... I I, I, I'm, I guess I'm in the middle here of like, do I think that like this is like nuclear warfare and like, oh my God, we all got to hide underneath our desks right now? No. no. But at the same time, do I want the leader of the free world insulting a, a rogue nation with nuclear capabilities? I don't, see I, where don't. The, I don't see where the victory is. Well, I'll tell you where the victory is. And it's not enough of a win. But the victory is in his people, his supporters going, that's why I like him. Because you don't back down. And if, if, if that's going to be the be-all, end-all decision, then I guess we're going to have to deal with decisions like that. I just don't view that as enough. You're right. It's not enough of a win. There. I mean, if here's my thing. If the president then responded, and make it the president somebody else, make it not Donald Trump, but if the president got on TV and took a firm stance verbally and said, look, we are not going to be pushed around this way. I'll remind you who we are. And we don't want it, but we would be all for that. It's because it's in a tweet and he's kind of like sticking his finger in his side where we have an issue with it. But I think in five years, eight years, ten years, this is going to be commonplace. That this is the way these people are going to speak. And that what some of this stuff that where we have had like the most pristine versions of communication between nations, I think is going to go away. And I think we're starting to see the side of that. Now, I don't know if I'm wild about that. I don't know if that's great. I liked it better when I thought adults were in charge right. of everything. I did like that better when I didn't think I could legitimately do this. But... The guy is a little bit of a bully. He's running off at the mouth, and you got to say something, and you got to tell him that you're going to take a hard line with it. And again, there's a whole other like nation in there that's telling both sides, like, dude, don't do this because we're not in. We're not in. And both of those people are, dude, both North Korea and America are afraid of China a little, and they're the ones saying, look, look, this ain't going down. So I think ultimately we're going to be all right. And I don't, and I guess maybe you know what it also is, is that I expected this out of Trump. Like, I don't know how I'm supposed to still get, like, like worried and terrified over things that I knew he was going to say. And didn't, didn't Oon knew this was coming? When, when, when it's Rosie O'Donnell, sure, whatever. But it's just different when we talk about, like, global warfare. Yeah, but didn't, like, isn't my point holding up, though, is didn't Kim Jong-un do this because he knew what Trump was going to say? That, so, so how is why is he going to go so like bat ass crazy over something he knew was going to be said back to him? I don't know if that's going to happen. Now that's risking a lot <laughs> on that, and I would grant you that. I guess may, I might just be in a in a severe amount of denial over this, and that could be very true. I just don't think that a tweet to the guy is going to make him go. That's it. Now I'm mad enough. Here come Miss. I don't buy it. I really don't. I think there would have to be something else behind it. Not that there's not already. I'm just saying I don't buy the 280 characters over Twitter is what's going to bring the entire system down. That I don't buy at all. I don't buy that. More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Healthy Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Your shot at 1,000. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show, Rock 106.9. We had to move our interview with Chris McNeil, Reflog underscore 18 on Twitter, uh, the orchestrator of the Owen 16 parade to about 9.30. He hit me up. He's like, look, man, I got a work meeting at 9. Can we do this at 9.30? I said, absolutely. So uh, we're going to move Chris McNeil until 9.30, get his take on uh, 
on why he's doing the Browns parade. Um, I know some people are probably like, real job? It's like, well, yeah, I mean, just because the guy started an 0-16 parade and he's he's Twitter famous doesn't mean that he's like, oh, well, dude, living the good life. I don't have to work today. Like, no, you still have a real job. I'll give the guy this. I don't always agree with him, and I find him to be sometimes he's annoying on purpose because that's what oh, yeah. internet celebrities do. Oh, yeah. But he is one of the better ones. Like, he is one of the sharper ones, and, like, um, he's got good game on Twitter. Like, he knows the right gifts to use. He knows the right – I mean, he's got good online game. And so I could see him turning that into, I no longer have to have a job. I could absolutely see that. I hope so. Good for him if he does. I guess his um, I guess his former, like, um, in-laws yeah. live here, and they're fans of the show. Oh, really? Because when I hit him up, he was like, yeah, dude. He's like, my, my ex-in-laws live there. Jeez. He's like, and they love you. He's like, so there's part of me that would love to be on there just because I know it's going to be So I was like, all right, absolutely. Let's do it. So 930 is when that's going to happen. This Friday's First Friday here in Canton, Ohio, and if you haven't uh, been to one, you should. I know it's going to be a little bit cold, but First Friday's always a good time. This is the uh, this is the uh, this is the first Friday where they do the ice carving, so it's Ooh. definitely a cool one. I would say probably a dozen ice carvings throughout the uh, throughout downtown, um, and they do them like live out there. Like I'm sure there'll be one in front of Buzzbin, and there'll be some guy with a chisel or a chainsaw or whatever the hell he's using, and like you know, creating art out of ice. Well, and I like cool. First Friday. It's a good time. Everybody, you know, a lot of, not everybody, but a lot of people come downtown. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure there's a, there's been this woman who we've been trying to, you know, there get, it is. we've been trying to get connected. There it is. And, um, you know. Connected we were, at the jet we, Absolutely. There we were is. talking over uh, over the Christmas break while I was in Vegas. And I was like, we'll have to get together when I get home. And I'm pretty sure we, we are, uh, we're going to handle that on this coming First Friday. And one of the reasons why I bring First Friday up, it's not for that. It's, um. I constantly give Mike from Buzzbin credit. Yeah. Now he's been an advertiser on uh, on the show and the radio station previously, right? So that's definitely part of it. But I really believe that Mike Buzzbin Mike is pretty smart. Yeah, he's one of the people who really has been a catalyst to the revitalization of downtown. And I know there's some people out there who were like, "Well, Canton doesn't need another place to buy waffles, or doesn't need another place to drink beer." And it's like, but it helps. Like it's not the it's not the silver bullet. Like nobody's saying like, "Boy, if we just get a couple more bars downtown, all these problems are going to be taken care of." Well, but it's a step in the right direction, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to to to. Well, unless it's, it's perfect, I'm not going to take it. No, like, yeah, no, you got to try. Yeah, to, there are steps to perfection. And I, as a guy who lives downtown, I'll tell you right now: you take Buzzbin and that Waffle Place out of there, my options are already a lot less. Like I'm kind of like that's what I'm always talking about. Is like I want more options because I've lived down there almost four years now, so I'm kind of burned out. Which, by the way, he did open Macho Nacho, yeah, which did. is delicious, that and is now so they're good. open for lunch. Nice, right? And Mike's just kind of smart. And he seems to have this thing that all great business owners need to have, which is know what's next. Like yeah. be be on be like my brother was great at this in the bar industry. My brother always used to I always used to say to him, "What are you doing? I'm doing this all day. What are you doing?" And my brother would always say to me, "I'm the guy that's in the office thinking about the next problem that hasn't come up yet." And he was always right about it. That is what my brother was great at. And I feel like Mike solves problems before they come up. He has field vision. You know what I'm saying? Like Absolutely. he sees moves before they're made. Good way I, to I can, say it. I can, I can see that. That's a great way to say it because that goes into what we're going to talk about right now. When he told me it was going to be waffles, I was like, dude, you're nuts. 
Like waffles? Are you nuts? And then sure enough, smash it. Cultured Coffee Company, Cultured Waffle and Coffee, I believe is what it is. Like that place blew up. It went bananas. Now, he did advertise it here, and I believe that that will help you if you're oh, in Canton, Ohio. If you're in, the, if you're in the listening area of this and you own a business, I believe advertising on this will help you, and I believe Mike would tell you that, right? So that obviously helped him, but... You can advertise a bad business all you want. It's not going to help. If you got a good business and you advertise, it will totally help. And so, like, I thought it was nuts. Sure enough, gangbusters, right? So then he hollows out half a buzz bin, and he started the arcade. And it became more pinball than arcade. And again, I was like, dude, are you nuts? In, in the Xbox PlayStation world, you're going to go retro Tommy with it? Like, I didn't get it. Now, he does have stand-up arcade games in there, but it is primarily pinball. And, like, to me, it always seems a little bit like, well, dude, no, because I want to play Mortal Kombat, and then I want to go play, you know, WrestleMania, and then I want to go play, you know, Battletoads. Right, right, but there's, you know, uh, there is something about that retro pinball when you walk down that aisle and everything's, like, lighting up and blinking at you. There's something there. So he's always got the new machine. Like, when he first opened, he had the Kiss Pinball machine in there. I think he's actually got the newer Kiss Pinball machine in there now. He's got a Star Wars machine in there. He's got a Guardians of the Galaxy machine in there. And there was always been part of me where it was like, because I'm even old enough where like pinball was before me. Like, yeah, growing up, people, guys my age didn't play a ton of pinball, right? You would see it in the back of the pool room, and I, you know, I used to hang out pool halls a lot when I was a kid, and I liked to shoot billiards and all that. And you'd see them in the back, but nobody played it. But that pinball machine was 20 years old in, right. in 1989. Three inches of dust on right. it, nobody playing it. Okay, but this is the genius of Mike from Buzzman, because I'm reading from ABC News yesterday that interest has skyrocketed over the last decade in pinball. The competitions are growing worldwide. Listen to this. And the name's going to make you giggle a little bit, right? Because it did me. The International Flipper Pinball Association (laughs) says that in 2006, so about 12 years ago, there were 500 players in 50 competitions worldwide. 500 people in 50 competitions worldwide in 2006. Now, according to the International Flipper Pitball Association, this last year, 5,000 competitions and 55,000 players. And Mike, I believe he does have a pinball league that he's doing. Yeah, I actually, I mean, they just posted something up on Facebook. And uh, I think they have, like, 25 people, it seemed like, in that pinball league. And, like, getting 25 people through your door... As a small business owner, oh. I mean, dude, you know what I mean? Like, that, like get, get that financial D hard, baby. I, like, oh. 25 people? Like, dude, yes. As a guy who owned a very small bar, it looked like a bait shop is what people told me, like, when you when you drove by it. That's how little it was. You put 25 people in there for me that day, I'm making money. You can make money. And to get that, I mean, he's only been doing this a short period of time. But again, like, when he told me this is what he was going to do with Buzzman, I told him, I was like, dude, you're nuts. I th- dude, Mike, don't ever listen to me ever again. Like, this is now twice where I was like, dude, you're nuts. And it, like, went crazy. Nostalgia is huge right now. And once you give people a little taste of it, of like, oh, yeah, you remember playing pinball. All of a sudden, they're like, you know what? I'm going to be in the pinball league. I'm going to do this. I'm going to have a, you know what? I am going to ride a unicycle and have a monocle and, 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 and have a mustache. Sure, I'll do all those things. And, like, you just have to be able to, you know, I, dude, know if, when to strike with that. The iron's hot. Like, now's the time to hit it, bro. That's what he's good at. And that's what makes him a successful business owner, is that he knows what the next issue coming around the corner is. 
It's been like three times in a row I've seen it since moving. Dude, if downtown Canton had four more mics, it, everything would be fixed. It'd be great. I mean, we're getting pretty much there now. I mean, I mean, downtown's improved a ton since I've even moved here. You know, it'd be nice if they got that Market Square thing ever done. Um, I hear a, uh, a funding plan is supposed to be happening sometime this week. So we're going to know what, what, what they're going to do with the money? That's, uh, that's, that's what I've heard from inside sources. What up, Kevin Fisher? You know, Steven's writing in and says, Lou, look, you can play Mortal Kombat at home. You can't play pinball at home. And he's right. Not a lot of people have pinball machines at home. You're right about that. I, dude, I kind of want to join the pinball league. I've always wanted, and it would be my prized possession... The original Kiss pinball machine from the 70s, I've always wanted one of those. And you can get one that still works for around two grand. And there might be a time where I end up having to pull the trigger and get that done. I've wanted that thing since I was 10. It's actually how I got into my love of Kiss, was that stupid pinball machine. And I've wanted one forever. As a matter of fact, when I was in Vegas last week, I started looking through all my Kiss collection because it's all in storage at my brother's. It, I saw, Actually, I shipped some of the stuff home cost me a ton of money, but I shipped some of it home because I wanted it here. But I want that pinball machine a lot, but it's like three grand. Like, t- t- like yeah, it's like $2,500, grand. Somebody just sent me a link for one. I don't know if I can. I can't justify $3,000. No, that's, that's a lot of money. I can't justify it. I want it. I'm going to get Kennedy to buy me a pinball machine. Is that what you're going to do? Okay. All right. One of your favorite food chains closing 900 stores. And I'll tell you why they're doing it next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106. Now. E-business. If you're not spending a significant portion of time thinking about how somebody else is going to put you out of business, you're going to put yourself out of business. And I think he's right about that. And I think that that's part of what you're seeing here in the subway, 900 closures. I think expansion went wild for like a decade and a half Plus, with us. I mean, from the time I was in high school until recently, like it was just a constant growth. I can remember being in high school and uh, them, I worked at Subway and they just constantly promoted like, you know, more locations than any right. other restaurant on the face of the planet. And it was huge. Like that was their, that was one of their like selling points. I actually, when I was going to Twinsburg, they put that, they put that subway in there the year of my my finals, my junior year, I think it was. The one like that, up uh, towards Hudson? Yeah. yeah. So, like, that was, like, it was, like, brand new, and it's, like, so where we all went because it was, like, new, right? And when you couldn't get Subway and it was new to your place, new to your town, you're, like, this is amazing. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, in, in 1996, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's not like fast food restaurants are new, but there weren't nearly as much saturation when it came to restaurants in general. Right. So, like, yeah, it was, like, awesome, cool, we'll go to Subway. It's it's there, and it's convenient. It's different. And it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's different, It's and it's it's not cheeseburgers and the and the like, but they went through this whole thing and they and they got a bunch of people to eat there because they gave you the calorie count and you can eat healthy there. Like you can not like explode your calorie intake via a sub at Subway. Now, if you're pounding out a foot long Italian BMT with not like the same provolone thing. cheese, but yes, you had the at least you had the option there. It was a lot easier to eat somewhat healthy as opposed to a fast food restaurant and. So that then garnered a bunch of attention. 
right? The Subway diet. And yeah. I can tell you, as a guy who's done the Subway diet and will continue to still do it occasionally, it works. Like, you can lose weight doing that if you do it right. A decent way to reduce calories, you know what I mean? Like, in an easy way to get produce into you. You know what I'm saying? Where a lot yeah, that's of, a good point. A lot of, you, you go to McDonald's and get a burger and, and, and you got pickles and onions on there, but it's not like fresh vegetables. So they had a lot of, you know, and at that point, too, I think a lot of, Restaurants didn't care. Like Burger King was like, dude, I don't care. Whatever, Whopper, yeah, eat this. It's delicious. Right. Where Subway was very proactive about that, but then every other business followed suit, and Subway never changed its game after that. And there's been more movement in the sub game. Like you got Jimmy John's now. There's potbelly sandwiches now. There's all these sandwich shops that have popped up that are doing what you do and aren't so worried about 500 calories or less. They're worried about, this is really good. And what's Jimmy John's thing? Freakishly fast. Fast. Get it to you fast. And they'll deliver. So I just think Subway's what? I think that they got a little too complacent in their place in the marketplace because they, they eventually, they became the third largest fast food restaurant in the country fast. I mean, they overcame because do McDonald's and Burger King, they're like Coke and Pepsi. They'll go back and forth between number one, number two, kind of like that. And then one of them kind of normally wins out overall in the end, but you know, number one, number two there. And then, but like Subway, like skyrocketed past like Taco Bell and Wendy's and KFC, all these strong brands that had been out long before them because their product was unique and new. And so it's a little, it's a little weird that you were able to knock other people off by that and yet didn't see it coming down the pike for you. It's Blackberry. You know what I mean? Like you, you once upon a time, you were such an innovator and you had so much you know, like, oh man, this is great, but you got comfortable, you got complacent, and you stayed where you were, and that's not going to work. Evolution is a part of the game there. Yeah. Um, you know, once upon a time, Subway was right, fresh. Like Subway Eat Fresh was the whole tagline. But now that there's so many other options, you didn't re you didn't reestablish an identity. You didn't, you know, re- no. you know, put anything else out there that made you special. Where with McDonald's, I mean, you can always make the argument, well, it's cheap and convenient. You know what I'm saying? I don't even have to get out of my car and I can spend three dollars and get an entire meal with Panera it's like well it's delicious and wholesome and like it's you know it's more expensive but like Subway's neither of those things there's a five word description of all places and yet I don't know how to describe Subway in five words all the meat tastes the same you know what I mean? Like that's probably what I would go with. So like it, I was going to try to be nicer than that. <laughs> but 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 my point there is like you didn't you didn't change anything in your in the equation. So it's like, well, of course there's going to be a diminishing return on this as you go further and further into, you know, to me, society. Yeah, it's very simple. It's adapt or die. It's adapt or die. And this is the way business works. It's like somebody kind of comes out, kind of challenges you, you know, keeps you on your toes. You reinvent yourself. Like, look at me. I'll give you an artist. Now, she hasn't done a whole lot lately, and people hate her because she's been mouthing off. But I'll give you a perfect human being who was awesome at this her entire career, and that's Madonna. Madonna was the first, like, superstar of my lifetime that could legitimately flip the script on you every three years, and she was still great. She could completely change the look, completely change the sound, album's different, and she was still great. That's the mark of a really great artist. And the same thing would be true of a business. A really Dude, our business is good at this. Radio's really good at this. And we knock this company, but iHeartMedia is really good at this. What iHeartMedia noticed is, is, oh my God, these people are addicted to their phones. 
So don't cry about how they're going to leave the radio. Put the radio in their goddamn phone. Be where they want to be. And that was really, really smart. That was a very smart business model. So I'm not surprised that we're going to close 900 of their locations. Ultimately, I bet it's not even all that many for how many they have. I don't know what the number is. But Clay's tweeting in telling me, Stansbury, there's three subways in Alliance. Yeah, oh, dude. I mean, you know make, I mean? Make, the, make the trip down Tusk and start pointing out subways. I mean, I think from before you even get into Perry, there's three I can think of from Duber. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's way oversaturated. Yeah, you've the, got the one, on one Duber. Duber and you've Tusk got the right there. one in the Walmart right there. You've got the one on the right side of Tusk, I think, after you pass that Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, that's before you even get into Perry. Like, uh- Dude, another guy's hit me up on Twitter says, I haven't tried it yet, but what about Jersey Mike's? Bro, you need to try it. really good. Yeah. Dude, Jersey Mike's is legit. I used to live by one in Fairview Park, and dude, that was one of my favorite places to eat. That place is legit. They have a spicy Chipotle steak sandwich that you're going to love. Try that. Uh, that one's free, Jersey Mike's. That, <laughs> that one right there, that one's on us. More Stansberry Show and $1,000 up for grabs next. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. We had to move our, uh, our interview with Chris McNeil, reflog underscore 18 on Twitter. Uh... The orchestrator of the 0-16 parade. We had to move that to about 9.30. Hit me up. He's like, look, man, I'm at work. Sorry. I got a work meeting. Can we push it back? I was like, absolutely. Just happy that you're willing to do it. Because, dude, everybody in the world wants him. He's been oh, all yeah. over TV. He's been all over radio. Everybody in the world wants him. And he's willing to do it because he's a little bit of a fan of the program. Nice. So that's nice. Nice to have him on board there. As a matter of fact, we kind of got into this over Twitter, over the break. Because somebody tagged me in a tweet that he was tagged in. I responded, and I had a typo in it. And so then he took my typo and tried to, like, like mocked me on his timeline over it. And I responded back to him. I was like, dude, I'm not threatening to run you over with my car. I'm not your enemy. You know what I mean? And then next thing I know, we started talking back and forth. I was like, well, dude, why don't you just come on the show? And he's like, all right, let's do that. So, you know, we got him on the program, which is cool. So around 930, we'll do that. Which, by the way, his people came after me for a typo. And I was like, guys, is there no typo in your timeline ever? Like, welcome to Twitter. Like, I, you know, you caught me tweeting and driving, which I shouldn't have been doing. Jeez. Yeah, you shouldn't have been doing Stansbury. Come on, shouldn't bro. Shouldn't have been doing that. Come on, bro. I'm not a fan of that. No. I'm not That's a fan. Terrible. Of that. I, I don't know. I try normally not to do that. Especially with like Twitter. Like, do it. We got so important there. You got to get out there. Stansbury. Typos. That's what That's I it. had. That's what I had. Typos is what I had. That was so important. There's a story that's been posted at WRQK.com in the Stansbury Show section. Our good buddy Captain Tony posted this for us. Thanks, Tony. And I see both sides of it, and I don't know where to come down. Because the widow of Chris Cornell, who was the lead singer of Audio Slave and Soundgarden, kind of had his own thing there for a while. His solo album with Timberland was so good. Um, You know, he hung himself. And so he's got a grave at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery in Los Angeles, which I'm not a fan of because he was, he, God, why am I, I'm drawing a blank on the term now. I want to be it. When you're not buried, cremated. Cremated. Jesus. He was cremated and I gave him a bunch of credit for that. I was like, yeah, see, dude, if like that guy didn't do enough in life to be buried, then neither did you. Well, he got cremated and then they buried that. (laughs) So it's like, well, then why'd you do that? Like that made no sense to me. But he's got a gravesite, right? And his widow, Vicky, is now asking that you no longer film when you go to visit his gravesite. And she's saying, look, it's against the cemetery's policy. I get that. 
I see both sides here. It's your family member, but you got to understand that when your family member, your loved one, puts themselves out in the public eye for consumption like that, they become all of ours. Right. I mean, the, the they really do. That million dollar house you live in, you know, it, it didn't fall it, out of it, the sky. It cost something there. And, 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 and a little bit of your privacy, I guess, is a part of that. Why would you put him in the celebrity cemetery if you didn't want him to be recognized there? Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, if, if you really were that concerned about his privacy, go bury him up on a hill. You know what I'm saying? And like, don't do, tell anybody where it is. Right. And do that. But if you're in the celebrity, you know, the celebrity mausoleum, like, well, of course people are going to be taking pictures yeah. of the celebrity grave sites. And I believe that the cemetery needs to post that to protect themselves. But ultimately, they love when people do this because then it brings more people out to more people are going to go do it. More people are going to show up there. And so, like, I think that they probably like it. I think she's got to realize, like, dude, your husband wasn't just a guy. Now it's not like this. It's not like this. The cemetery is like charging admission there, right? So, like, as far as I know. So, I, 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 I understand, especially like in his death. Like, I can understand why you'd say, "All right, enough is enough. Soundgarden is dead. Audio Slave is dead. My husband is dead." Like, I, I understand where that frustration comes in, but it just, I don't. But it just goes back to it. It just goes back to like. Then do it privately to put him in this cemetery. You essentially were saying, I'm okay with this. Now, yeah. Well, now it may have been his wishes, right? And well, so. Then, but then, then honor his wishes. He was okay with that concept then. Or didn't think about it. One of the two. I, I mean, dude, we don't know that. But you didn't think that deciding to go into a, sem- a, cele- a celebrity cemetery, you didn't think there was going to be... I I think it's very possible Chris Cornell thought, I want to be buried next to a lot of the other rock stars that were in my in my line of work and didn't necessarily go, oh yeah, and it's okay if somebody takes a selfie there. I think it's totally possible he thought about where he wanted to be buried and didn't think about the fan aspect at all. I totally could see that. Now, it's not my wife, okay? Because I'm not married. But I just think my family would have a different view of this. I think my brother and his wife, Roxanne, and my mom and my niece, Grace, would have a different view of this. I think if they were to show up at the cemetery, and those of you that listen to the show a lot were filming near my my site, and it wasn't like you weren't being disrespectful, but you just wanted a memento of that, I think my family would walk away saying, "Look look at the impact that Daniel made on these people's lives. That they're still here, that he's no longer breathing, and yet they still want to be close. They want to be connected to him in some way. Like, God, like, honestly, I'm going to spend the rest of my day being embarrassed about the fact that I have not made that kind of connection with all of you people, and I should have. By now, I should have. I just think my family would have a very different view of this. I don't think they would look at it like, stop doing this. I think my I think my mom would be happy. Like, this is another thing that's helped keeping my son's legacy alive. And isn't that really, at the end of the day, what, like, a burial site is all about? A celebration of life. I mean, it's not like... I can completely understand when you're in mourning, when you are, you know, burying the body, why you want privacy in that. Crashing the actual funeral is different than you're no longer there day in and day out as the widow. And so I'm visiting Los Angeles and Chris Cornell, dude, Black Hole Sun was like the biggest thing in my life at that moment. And so I want a memento of that. I can understand that. I, I just, I, people got to realize, and again, I'm speaking as a guy who puts himself out there publicly. I no longer just belong to my family. I no longer just belong to the person I'm dating at the moment. 
And a lot of times that's what family and your girlfriends and your wives, that's what they want. Is they I want you to be mine. It's like it doesn't work like that. There's no turning on and off the the public eye. Once you've sought it out and once it's been given to you, you no longer have control of it. The audience now controls that. That's the trade. That's the trade versus doing something you hate for a living versus doing something that you like. Is that you give up that. And then now it's under their control. Now, I won't be buried, so there probably won't be a place to have that. I don't know if you guys just want to pass around like the, you know, the Crown Royal bag that the Ashes are in and, you know, volleyball it or whatever. Do that. But I think my family would have a completely different look on this. And I'm not going to knock the widow because... It feels like forever and ago for us now that Chris Cornell died, but this was her husband, so to her it feels like yesterday that this went down. And so there's grief that's coming out in these statements. And so I'm not going to judge her for that because she just doesn't know where to take that pain. And so she's going to lash out on stuff like this. And she wasn't even mean about it. She just said respectfully, this is the rule of the cemetery, don't do it. But I think it's unrealistic. Your husband was amazing. And had one of the best voices across all formats in the history of music. Could sing anything. Could make an argument he did Michael Jackson better than Michael did it. Like, once you get that level and you've connected to that many people, they're not going to respect that. Because for them, they're mourning this too. And that's selfish for them not to think about you as the wife and how it hits you harder. I would agree. But they're mourning the loss of your husband too. And Fantone's right. That fandom, that's what bought you that house. It's what got you all that stuff. It's what, even though now he's gone, and you, you would still rather have the patriarch of your family, I, I'm guessing here, but I'm guessing that the kids are financially all right, and that's because people cared about your husband enough to stand next to his gravesite because of how talented he was. I see both sides of this, and I think ultimately it's okay for you to take a picture there. I, I break the rule. Come home with that memento. I'm totally fine with that. We're going to try to hook up with Chris McNeil, orchestrator of the 0116 Parade. That should be next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. Missed anything from yesterday? Podcast it right there. I'm very excited about this moment in time on the program. I've been waiting months to do this. And I, I hit him up via social media, and he agreed to do it. We have Chris McNeil, known the world round as at Reflog underscore 18 on Twitter, is uh, how you gained all your fame, Chris. And you're behind the Owen 16 parade. And before I ask you any questions, I just want to let you know that you are the most polarizing figure in all of Ohio right now. LeBron leaving the Cavs the first time may not have been as unpopular for some people as your parade idea. I've had guys, Chris, tell me, I'm avoiding your show that whole day. If you're going to talk to that idiot, I'm, 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 I'm leaving your show the whole day. Why are people so angry with you, Chris? You're absolutely right, first of all. And there's nobody more shocked at that than what I am. Because, uh, you know, we came up with this parade last year, right? Right. And then the Browns miraculously won on Christmas Eve, and we donated all that cash to the, to the food bank. Spin it forward this year. We started the same thing. You know, I think after the first game, people started asking about whether I still had the permits from last year. Um, and so we started it up again. And basically the Browns didn't hold up to their end of the deal. They did not. They went 0-16. So as a result, we're going to have this parade. But, you know, I think the greatest part about this 
is the passion of the fans. Because you touched on it. I mean, people are really, really excited on one side about yes. this thing. They're really excited to go down there to do this thing. And then on the other side, there are people who are just as passionate who say, what are you doing? You guys are idiots. Why would you celebrate 0-16? So it is certainly divided, folks, I would say, um, over a parade, which is pretty wild to me. What's pretty this? wild. It's almost a microcosm of what's going on, uh, you know, otherwise in the world. That, you know, that's absolutely true. So I, I do have to ask you this question, because you're doing this January, downtown Cleveland, around the stadium. It's going to be freezing cold right by the lake. You're talking maybe 20 degrees, probably under. So what's Oh, yeah, the, way under. What's, what's the success for you attendance-wise? Like, where do you go, okay, this was a good turnout? I, actually, the turnout isn't going to matter as much, in my mind, to okay. be honest with you. Because right along the way, everybody's been saying, hey, the first thing they said, was you're never going to raise a dime for this thing. And now this is the second year in a row we've raised over $10,000. Last year we raised $50,000 for the, for the food bank. That's amazing. Right? Then they said, well, you're not going to get any attention. You know, you're not going to get the attention of the Browns. The Browns won't care. Well, both years the Browns have specifically addressed this thing and said that they wanted to win uh, to stop despite, it. <laughs> despite the parade. Right. So it's like you've had the detractors along the way, and we still overcome all those things. And, I think uh, we're expecting with the city about 2,000 people to be down there. Okay. I don't know. I think that's pretty optimistic. We've got about 5,000 people saying they're going on Facebook, another 12 or 13 that say they're interested. And I'll tell you what, just from signing up people, there are going to be a lot of participants in this thing if everything shakes out. These are legitimate people who are going to be part of this, who are actually building floats right now. I was going to say, I mean, I, I said this morning on the program that I feel if it's under 5,000, it might be a little bit of a failure. Now, that word sounds harsh, but I, I, but I feel like 5,000 should be like the watermark, like the benchmark of, of what you're thinking there. But people were wrong about this, Chris, because you have gotten the attention. ESPN's been covering you. Fox Sports 1 has been covering you. Hugh Jackson's talked about this at the press conferences from the podium. You've done this thing now where people have been like, it seems to me like people want the Browns held accountable for how bad they've been. And at least I will say this, like I'm not a supporter. Right, I'm probably not going to attend. Right. I'm, I'm probably not going to attend it, but I don't hate it. Like I don't hate you for it. I'm probably just not going to go. But I do like the Browns being held accountable for being one and thirty-two or whatever the hell it is. Like I do like some accountability being held there. Yeah, yeah, and you're right. And the Browns have gotten the message. Trust me, loud and clear. I, I've said in interviews that it's a shot across the bow. Well, I think it took out the captain and a couple of people on the crew. It, it, it really hit the, the Browns. It's a topic of conversation internally for them. I think the, the, uh, the fans are being heard with this thing. And one of the things you did mention is the attention thing. And that's one of the unfortunate things is that as I'm out here to promote the, uh, the parade itself and promote the food bank as well, uh, a lot of people are calling me a pub grabber. I get that. I honestly do. Uh, but as of right now, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of driving the bus, so it just kind of goes partial with what we're doing. Yeah, it's gonna uh, and I think the overall thing is going to be a positive I think it's going to be a positive because our message has been sent to the Browns, and it's going to be a positive for the Cleveland Food Bank. Yeah, I mean, if we weren't publicity grabbers, we wouldn't exist. I mean, that's really what it all kind of Welcome boils to business. down to. Welcome to 2018. Um, I, I like how, how you had to plan this twice. I mean, that's how terrible the Browns are, is is two consecutive years you thought this was a real possibility. And it was. Um, um, now, in your mind's eye, and I know it's like, well, dude, we'll see what happens on Saturday, um, but in your mind's eye, how does this parade go? Who Who's in this? What's happening? What, what, what's the, what's the, the, the agenda for the day? 
Yeah, so we're going to have parade participants down there by 11 a.m. We're going to have the police sweep all the vehicles like they do. Uh, it's 2018, so you got to make sure that everyone's obviously safe. And then it's going to go off. We've got about 30 different vehicles at least in this thing and over 100 walkers right now. Nice. And those vehicles are everything from Brown's RVs to Brown's buses. I've seen a few today that I thought were really interesting. We've got a, uh, um, <clears throat> a hearse that was going to be in it to kind of bury, ceremoniously bury this season. I also had a guy who was actually going to try and make the eat me float from, uh, from Animal House. Oh, so that'd be great. People are creative. Let me tell you, people are creative in this town, so I'm excited to see what, we, what ends up happening this Saturday at noon. Let me ask you this question. Who's on Rizzo Watch? <laughs> yeah, no doubt, right? He's going to be bringing a bunch of marbles down there, I believe. So we shall see. He's kind of toned down the rhetoric this year. Sure. Last year, for those of you that don't know, he threatened to kill me, basically, and mow me down <laughs> under his tires, you know, my followers. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I've definitely got a security team that is in place and ready to go in case Rizzo goes nuts, you know, maybe gets into the liquor cabinet. I don't know what it might might entail, but uh, if it does, we're going to be ready for it. A bunch of drunk dudes with dog bones in their mouth is not a security (laughs) detail, bro. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, So so when it comes to like, hey, I support this, I want to be a part of this, what do I as an individual need to do? How do I I become a part of the parade? So if you want to be in the parade, go to brownsparade.com. You can sign up there. Sign up your float, your vehicle. If you want to be a walker, explain exactly what you want to do in the parade. That's where you do it. And then you get an email uh, as to whether we, uh, we approve you or not. And if I do, then you'll have to be there at the pre-party. All this information is going to be on the website. Uh, or pick up a ticket the, the uh, morning of to be in this thing because they're going to need that when you actually go into the corral. Uh, if you just want to be a watch, if you just want to watch this thing, be a, a spectator, and you can just show up. So uh, that's open to anybody. I do have to ask you this, Christian, uh, this question, sorry, as we're talking to Chris McNeil, known the world round, at Reflog underscore 18 on Twitter, which, by the way, is golfer backwards. You and I share that passion together. We'll have to hit the <laughs> links up. Uh, I'm not that good, but, I, but I'd be happy to let you kick my ass. But I do have this Sounds question good. for you. I was a follower of yours on Twitter for a while, and I, and I enjoy you. You are a funny guy. You can t- obviously tell you're sharp. You know the right gifts to use in the right moments. You're a great live tweeter during sporting events. You're a good follow, right? And there was part of me for months on end that I was like, God, I want to know who this dude is. And now I do know. Are you worried about the fact that you've now, like, taken the kiss makeup off, that some of the mystique of you might go away after this parade, or do you think it's going to get bigger? No, I don't think it's going to get bigger. I I, I really think it's going to probably go back to pre-parade levels at some point because <laughs> ultimately that's all i am is the guy that i was before sure. which is just some goofy dude on twitter who likes to tell a bunch of dad jokes and and joke about my sports teams and just hope with some optimism that that our teams succeed which we've seen with the Cavs and the indians fortunately the last couple of years but that's really who i am this thing has really become a monster right uh, I, I'm, of course, the, the voice for the thing right now, but it's much bigger than me, than you, than, heck, you know, anybody even covering this Nothing's thing. Than Everybody's got an opinion on it, and I can't wait, to be honest with you, till it goes back to where I'm just some stupid dude on Twitter once again. I, you know what I was worried about, Chris, is when, when I started to see you on TV shows, I'll tell you what I was really worried about, because people just don't know boundaries, and you had, you had the anonymity before. 
But now people know your face. They know your name. And I worry about yep. your kids, dude. Like, I worry about kids in school whose parents, like, are like those participation trophies are for losers. Like, those kind of dudes, like, attacking your kid. Like, dude, have you seen any of that? No, but I do see the threats of that. I do, definitely. That's that, well, heck, I've seen it from celebrities. Michael Rappaport went after me. That was oh, yeah. pre-parade. We yeah. were talking about the Cavs run at that time. Oh, yeah. All of a sudden, he became a Golden State fan, I don't know, out of the blue, just to kind of troll too. folks, and I called him out on it. And so he spent a weekend sending videos to me that were just bizarre. That was He's bizarre. done that now to several people after me, so I guess I'm a trendsetter there. So, yeah, certainly I do. That's in the back of my mind. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I, I believe in the, the good of folks, and I think that the cooler heads will prevail in situations like that. But, I, you know, at the parade, something like this, a public event, I'm definitely taking the steps to make sure that I'm going to be safe. Oh, Chris, you have to. Like, I, like here's the thing. Yeah. I, I'm okay with anybody saying what they want to you because you're the guy kind of doing this. I've always run my broadcast rooms like a mafia. I leave wives and kids out of it because, that's dude, it's not on there. Yeah. I, I, dude, if right. people, people want to talk trash to you. You kind of brought that on yourself the way I look at that like you know what i mean but your kids yeah. that that should be way off limits like way 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 off limits so we'll- and i completely agree with that and you know for my part i, I can handle myself for the most part right. on social media and as far as the kids stuff go as soon as people start with that i'm either just going to drop it all together Block. or i'm going to call them out on it usually they they fall back because i think most people are like you they understand that they get that leave the kids leave the family out of it yeah it's just that, it's just that they shouldn't be dragged into this stuff now there were a lot of people who listened to me who were like dude that guy's not a real fan if he's going to do this, right. he's not a real fan so like explain to my audience what makes you a real fan I guess being a fan all my life. I mean, I'm a fan just like anyone else. What I've learned through this whole process is, you know, I'm not 12. I'm not going to go around asking you about your fandom or questioning anyone's fandom. If somebody says they're a Browns fan, I don't need to check their ID. I don't need to check, you know, were you at the drive? Did you witness the fumble? You know, or, you know, I don't care about those things. I really don't. I care about, do you want to see the Cleveland Browns win on Sunday? And I definitely do. And, oh, by the way, I did live through the drive and the fumble, and I was there when Kosar got hit late by Gastineau. So I do have those cards in my pocket. I don't think it should matter. I think if you're a Browns fan, you're a Browns fan. Are you a season ticket holder? Yes. See, like, that to me is a fan. Like, no, don't get me wrong. I'll walk, I'll turn the game on on Sunday, but I could take or leave it. Like, but if you buy season tickets, especially to a franchise that has done nothing since 1999, that to me spells fandom. Cause I, I understand why people feel that way about you, not knowing you, they're going to go, well, right. and it, you know, and it does come across by the way, as self-serving. Like, you know what I mean? Sure. You're laying out some great yeah. points for it, but if you don't know you and you're not paying attention, it comes across as very self-serving. But we work very closely down here, Fantone and I do, with the Akron-Canton Regional Food Bank, and so we know how much positive stuff goes into the community from food banks. So the fact that you teamed up with them was where I went, you know what, I'm not wild about it. It's not exactly what I would do, but teaming up with the food bank won me over and made me a huge fan. That was a, It was a huge huge charity to pick and i just think no matter what your political views are people should get to eat chris <laughs> like right yeah and i completely agree with you there and i think there's this misconception that i just kind of glopped that on late and that was from the beginning as soon as the parade actually started coming together the first time i met with the city last year we included the food bank and uh it's been a part of this for the last two years so <laughs> I think all those misperceptions about the, the way this 
parade has evolved in people's minds uh, aren't true. And uh, the food bank is definitely number one in that. They got over 50K last year as a result of this parade effort. This year they stand to get a few thousand from us, whatever we can collect down there. And then, you know, I still hold out hope that maybe we're going to have some donations over and above what we can give. And I think that's going to happen. We'll see where it comes from. But uh, I, I think you could probably hold my feet to the fire that there's probably going to be some more money coming into see, the food bank. this is exactly why I wanted to have you on the show right here. It's because you were open. You were honest. I think you probably cleared up a lot of misconceptions of what some people might have about you and or the parade and what your intentions are. And this is exactly why I wanted to give you some time to kind of do like, walk my audience through it because man they were pissed initially they were pissed so initially pissed. so one more time before i let you go give out um give out that parade uh you know um address where people can go and get involved at yeah yeah so the best bet is brownsparade.com that's got all the information on the parade route it's going to have all the timing information as well as we'll, we'll keep some weather updates on there as as we get closer because uh, it's going to be cold if you're going to be down there remember to bundle up and also, remember those canned food and non-perishable food items. Please grab those as you walk out the door. Bring them down there. We'll collect them for the Cleveland Food Bank. So there is a donation center on site for canned goods. Absolutely. We've awesome. two tents, one for first aid and one for collecting cans down there at the site. He's literally thought of everything. That's Chris McNeil. Again, follow him on Twitter at Reflog underscore 18. My man, thank you so much. I know Thanks, everybody buddy. in the world's wanting to interview you right now. I appreciate you taking some time and spending it with me this morning. Absolutely. You're a good follow on Twitter. I, I, I enjoy what you do. All right, well, thank you very much, man. We'll talk to you again soon. See you. What a good dude. Like, see, that's, that's right, right there, Fantone. That's why I wanted to do it. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I feel like there are some decent points behind what he's doing, and I felt like exposing of that, probably not the worst idea in the world. I'm so angry about it, Stansberry. I can't believe you. We'll close out the program next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. 1069. This is Andrew Show on Rock 1069. I want to thank Chris McNeil, orchestrator of the Owen 16 Parade, one more time for being on the program. He was a good interview. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm not, I don't want to call myself anti parade. I, I'm, I, I feel weird celebrating loserdom and, and like sucking. Like, I feel weird celebrating that, but I'm not one of these guys that's going to go so crazy to like. I don't know, like, be like, hate him personally. Like, I don't get that. Yeah, I mean, and I understand people not wanting to celebrate losing. I get that. Um, but I just don't know. And, and he kind of alluded to it. And I don't necessarily buy into it. It's like, dude, whether you celebrate it, whether you go, you don't go, the Browns are going to be who the Browns are going to be. So to find some enjoyment out of it, and that's where I stand as a fan right now. It's like, well, dude, I can be pissed off that they suck, or I can watch it and find some enjoyment on my Sunday afternoon with them. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm laughing at them, but at least, you know, I still have that relationship. I just think the national media, when that when it gets picked up Sunday or Saturday, Sunday night, you know, when they're covering it, it's going to be that the fans are desperate and pathetic, not that the team is that. Hasn't it been that story for the past thirty years? Yeah, but I, that doesn't mean I want more of it. That doesn't mean I want it. That doesn't mean I want to put logs on the fire of that. I um. So I think that's how it's going to play out. So people keep telling me it's okay because you know it's the brown, and it's like ah, that's not the way it's going to play. It's it's going to be look how sad their fans are. That's how the way it's going to play. Now, if you're okay with that, you're okay with it. And ultimately, I am. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to let you know how Alabama feels about me make me feel different about me. But it just. I don't necessarily love that aspect of it. But he's a better person and a better dude than you would think he would be, especially if all you know him of is Twitter, because sometimes he can be a little like harsh and all that. But 
he laid out some pretty decent points on why he's doing it. If you missed that, you'll be able to podcast it shortly after 10 a.m. It'll be online for you at WRQK.com. Got to congratulate Neil out of Canfield, who won his way out to the Alter Ego Festival, oh. which I believe is in Los Angeles is where that's going to happen. That's good for him. But uh, he, he won his way out there this morning by listening to the show. Probably have another opportunity tomorrow. Probably hanging out with Teresa and you know other iHeart employees they send out there. Not Stansberry and Fantel. We will not be in attendance. A lot of people asking us, you back hanging out? No, not us. I got to be honest with you, dude. I'm not sure the Alter Ego Fest is the one I'd want to be at. <laughs> I don't, one. I don't know who Spoon is. I, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I'll go to that dude. I want to go to the '80s pool party. There I'm gonna go to that. Is. Give me That's Durant. Give me Durant. Durant. Where's Tiffany? <laughs> yeah, give me Tiffany, dude. You know, like, give me the mall stars. That's uh, you know, that's what I want. There. Aside from that, we're done for the day. We'll be back at this live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See you. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here. When